Howard Stern. Whatever. Get out of here. We have a busy show for you today. We have been planning all weekend for your show today. And uh, a lot to talk about. But let's enjoy the theme song. This became the theme song to our show. I forget what the original theme song was, but after I went into the recording studio with Robert Zombie, this somehow became the theme song. And there was a time I was going to change this theme song to another theme song, but Rob put his foot down and said, you can't change that song. You, you, <laughs> so, this is the theme song. What? Here's a trivia question for those of you who have been listening a long time. What was the theme song before this? And I'll give you the answer. Well, I'll give you a hint. I have no idea. I oh, don't remember. I... Yeah. I... Didn't we go from, did we go straight from W-H-O-A-R-D to this? No, nope. no, we, we did, did not. There was, there was another song. Oh. That we, you know, like a song we used to play when we came on. I think, Fred, do you know, or Gary, one of you mavens on the uh, history of the house? Go ahead. I think it was Tilt-A-Whirl by Jimmy Lee Vaughn. That was one of our theme songs for mm. a very long time. I don't even know time. that. Wow. What's it called? I couldn't even tilt a whirl. Tilt a whirl. Say it again, Gary. Tilt a whirl. Tilt a whirl by who? Jim, Jimmy Lee Vaughn, who is Stevie oh, Ray's Jimmy brother. Lee. Yeah, I remember him. He was on the show a couple of times. Jimmy Vaughn. He was in the fabulous Thunderbirds, wasn't he? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you got that you song? You don't want to hear Tilt a whirl. Jimmy Vaughn, Tilt the World. Hey, oh! I like Great American Hey-o. Nightmare better. Well, welcome everybody to the Howard Stern Show. You know this show ain't gonna blow. We did our homework, we put in hours, and now we're ready to ride. World. We're playing till the world from Jimmy Raybon. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Lee, not Jimmy Raybon. <laughs> not Jimmy Ray, Jimmy Lee. Lee. Jimmy Lee Vaughn. Nice little vibe to it, though. You can get into a song. Yeah. This was back when I think the internet hadn't been invented. We were playing this. Hell yeah. That's a mean trumpet. What do you got, Gary? There was another one for a very, very long time, too. And I, again, I can't remember the order. In a Mellow Tone by yep. Duke Ellington. Yes. Was our, our we played that? But, wow. but there were so many versions of that. I tried to find the one that we had, which was on Boinal. <laughs> and I've been able to find it so far. I'll look around for it and see if I can dig it out. 
If you could, I mean, now would be the time. All right, good. Had no idea we had all that going on before the Rob Zombie song. Oh, here it is. Hi, everybody. Good morning. I kind of remember this. Well, I know the song. That's funny. This doesn't sound like we should be <laughs> introduced well, by that song. Well, you know what it is? You're so used to the Rob Zombie thing that now yeah. you're like... But this was kind of mellow. It's a good way for people to wake up. They're not getting clobbered over the head. You know, that was probably my thought back in the day. And, uh, you know, it worked. I think. And then we went to this. <laughs> See, that just seems right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Funny how I have no recollection of that. Jeez. No, I mean, now I. that I'm like, that's that was weird. Well, now that we're playing it, I, you know, I now I remember it, but I don't know. That but was so that long must have ago. been years and years. Mm. No Funny recollection how... of it at the top of your mind. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know Duke Ellington was crushed when we stopped playing that. I think that's what took him out. <laughs> yeah, he died. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kiki, good morning. I'll take a couple of calls, start the show off in Colorado. What's up? Is this? Are you talking to me, Kiki? Kiki from Colorado. Oh, my God. Howard, love you. Hey, my friend. Okay, this question actually is going to be for Taylor Swift's agent. So can we get him on the phone? Hello, changing your lyrics in Buenos Aires. To your boyfriend when he's in the crowd on a bye week. What the hell? Agent, you need a raise. I saw that on the news, actually. Taylor Swift. So the, did the, I, ro yeah. the romance is heating up where it's from, from my from my football friends are telling me that Travis Kelsey now has got such a love Jones for Taylor Swift that like when she's not in the stadium, the dude can't even play. And I, I got news for you. She could end up like ruining him because. You know, the dude's so consumed with Taylor Swift and the adrenaline. And, you know, football players love adrenaline and the adrenaline he must get when he's with Taylor. Like I saw they right. walked into a, um, a restaurant and people in Buenos Aires were applauding and screaming and going wild because they're just a siding of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And for him, it's well, like, oh, my minute, God, Howard, the thing I, that cracked me was that they announced Kelsey, Travis Kelsey has just arrived in Argentina. Like when the president goes on a trip, you know, they say the president has now touched down in Israel. It was yeah. like, Travis Kelsey has just landed in Argentina. Travis Kelsey so my concern has. Is, I wonder if he really loves her or if he's loving the fame that he's getting around her. Well, like look, I can't, I can't, let's, let's be serious. I don't know what's going on there, but the reaction is fucking his head up because, uh, and again, uh, for Kansas City Chiefs fans, it's exciting when she's there, he doubles his yardage. You know, he's a receiver. Yeah. And again, I don't know all the statistics. I don't watch football, but this is secondhand information I get. But they're saying when she's not there, he's all distracted and de depressed and he doesn't play all that well. Yeah, like he's showing and, off for his girlfriend, you know, like in high school. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, you know, 
it's weird. It's it's like a very strange thing. Like, is this good for him? Is this bad for him? Because he's a major dude on the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Mahomes needs a guy to throw to, and that's uh, Travis Kelsey. So I don't know what's going on there, but it's yeah, but fascinating. It is, I, I, it is cute. I didn't know really any of Taylor's songs. I, I'm one of the ones that didn't know Travis Kelsey existed, and I'm obsessed now. It's really cute regardless well, of who they are, but... It's they're saying they're saying that he wants to make a baby with her as quick as possible <laughs> and lock her that? in. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I read it. I read it in uh, my <laughs> Apple News feed. Like, <laughs> he said something about he wants to have a baby with her. I mean, I guess yeah. he tells his friends. I don't know what the fuck. He's got a bad love Jones going on. And I'll tell you what. Well, the reaction he had when she changed her lyrics. Did you see right. that? Because they put the camera on him and he was like oh he was like melting <laughs> he's like a woman well, <laughs> but, he was uh, with her dad, and her dad like tapped him on the shoulder and they were both jumping up and down like little cool kids it was hysterical well, i loved it i'll tell you something he's smart he's no dummy if he <laughs> can figure out a way to impregnate this taylor swift <laughs> i mean what's a better catch than taylor swift i mean she's Nothing. pretty she yeah. sings well. She's got a billion dollars in cash and various assets. Well, you I see mean, Tom Brady's um, now dating Irina, another supermodel. That's yeah. a move from Giselle. So, you know, that's cool, uh, too. Oh, and then also I want to talk to you about, did you know Seth Meyers, Jimbo Kimball, Fallon, Colbert, they have this awesome, funny podcast they do. Have you heard this? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know about podcast, it. But, Air yeah. Force Five so, or something. Yeah, strike, yeah, strike four, five. four five. Hysterical. It, it was uh, Jimmy uh, Kimmel's idea during the strike. They did it. I don't know if they're continuing it, but they during Jimble the strike, Kimble. he decided, hey, let's. Uh, they had a, you know, they were making money on advertising, so they could give the money to the writers who were on strike, yeah. which was a nice thing. Yeah, you know what and I mean. That just debunks your theory about none of them getting along because they're spending their alone time, you know, when they should be probably with their families and hanging out with their wives. They really do well, not get that. along. They don't get along. <laughs> I'm right about it in the yeah. sense that privately they don't like each other, but they they've <laughs> learned to like publicly act like, hey, it's no big deal. I'm telling you, I notice. Uh, yeah. Howard, I love you. I, I've i been listening to you forever. In fact, I got a boob job back in the day when you used to give them out to the strippers on E. I went to that doctor specifically, and it's the best boob job my mammogram person says, and I freaking love you. I hate Bobo. Benji, I turn the channel when he's on. I can't stand him. And I fucking All right, love Kiki. you guys. Oh, Thank and you. I have a cat sanctuary at my house right now, so I'm like channeling. All right, baby, I got to go. I got to go. Love Thanks, you. Kiki. All right. You know, I was trying to stick to this Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift because I, too, am, you know, I, I if I was Travis Kelsey, I'd lock in right now with her and make a baby. And uh, what are you going to whole... give up football and just start yeah. traveling with her? Yeah. Football's <laughs> a no winning game. I mean, these guys are such magnificent athletes. And of course, you know, you know, you know, the statistics, I don't have to go over them again, that most NFL players, their careers are three to five years. Tom Brady's a, an anomaly. They, they, it's, a, it's a no win situation. They're getting their brains knocked out of their head. It's a it's it's almost disgraceful. You know what I mean? It's really these young, strong men are going on TV like gladiators 
and I love watching football too. I love the Super Bowl. I love all of it. But you know the reality. These dummies are fucking getting their brains bashed in. They're dying when they're young. It's crazy. I mean, they, they got no memory at uh, 40 years old. Kelsey's 34 years old. He's toward the ends of, he's towards, he's towards the end of his career. And th- this would be the greatest thing that ever happened to the fucking guy. Now, I don't know what happened. I got a little tape here. I can play it. I don't know if it's very good. This is Taylor Swift changing the lyrics to mention Travis Kelsey in her song. Yeah, I he, couldn't he make went, anything out of it when I heard it. Let's see if we can hear something. I heard something that, about the Chiefs. Come, yeah, come. I didn't even, I was looking for Kelsey, <laughs> Travis Kelsey. I didn't hear that. So it was the Chiefs you mentioned? He's 34 years old and a guy on the Chiefs, I heard her say, but it was very difficult to understand. Okay. I, I, hold on a second. Oh, it's Stephen A. Smith. Hey, pal, what's up? What's going on, Robin? I want to say what's up to you, Howard. Hey, what, what's going on, Stephen A.? You know, I'm sitting back listening to this Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift situation, and it's just preposterous. It's getting disgusting for Christ's sake. I mean, who's trying to sabotage the Chiefs here? I mean, who's responsible for this relationship? Mark Davis, he's trying to sabotage the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey should be ashamed. He's out there playing football. <laughs> so your point there- of view, yeah, Stephen A., your point of view is that uh, Travis Kelsey is not paying attention to the game. But I think he's 34 years old. The game is Taylor Swift. I think that's where he's got to transition to. What do you think of that? What do you make of that statement? I mean, but that's the problem, Howard. This is a two-time Super Bowl champion. This is right. Travis Mahomes, number one guy. He's out there canoodling in the jungle with Taylor Swift, and he should be focusing well, on the game. I mean, for right. Christ's sake, you don't see Christian McCaffrey out there. I'm telling you, he's not in Guatemala with Elizabeth. Do you think Mahomes, do you think it's affecting Mahomes, too, that he's jealous of the relationship and the attention that uh, Travis Kelsey's getting? It could be affecting Mahomes. You, you know what? I believe it could be because Patrick Mahomes got married very early and now he's seeing Travis Kelsey with one of the hottest singers in the industry and he's, it probably right. is affecting his game. I well, mean, this is, this is, cha- she's changing the lyrics to her songs for Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs are never, ever, ever getting back to the Super Bowl. She, they better <laughs> hope to God that yeah. he doesn't break, break up with her midseason. So you're saying, just to be clear, Travis Kelsey has to get back into the game. That's what she's attracted to. And now he's fucking everything up. That's exactly what's happening. He wow. needs to get his head back in football. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes knows this, but he doesn't want to mess up the locker room. I right. mean, come on, Patrick Mahomes, come and get your boy. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Shameful. Preposterous. <laughs> I, I love how you get worked up over everything, but I do yeah, too. Yeah, I think know. he's going to have a heart attack or yeah, something. Yeah, are you going to have a heart attack? I mean, I, I hope I don't have a heart attack, Howard. I mean, I'm, for Christ's sake, I'm just going. I'm just looking up above boy Patrick Mount. They have a chance to be a dynasty. Right. And he can't right. get his head out of Taylor Swift's ass. I mean, come on, it's going to be a cruise summer for the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, right, right. Come on, get it, get it together. Come and you think? Listen to your you, do you think, and I know this is a little out of your, your comfort zone, but do you think the two of them sexually are going wild in the bedroom, or do you see a subdued kind of situation? 
oh, I think it's really, really freaky in that bedroom. I mean, can you see those touchdown dances that Travis Kelsey does in the end zone? <laughs> I mean, every time he scores a touchdown, he's humping the air, and I can imagine he's thinking about Taylor Swift in that end zone. I mean, come on. This is not good for me. It's not good for football. My heart doctor says every day could be my last. Do you think there are blowjobs involved? Do you think there's anal? Do you think there's reverse cowboy? I mean, is it wild or is it more the traditional missionary and then maybe doggy style? I mean, come on, Howard. I mean, look look at Taylor Swift, the way she's up there with, with, with Patrick Mahomes' wife and giving these secret high fives and handshakes. It's definitely some freaky stuff going on in that bedroom. It's wow. anal going on. I mean, she wow. probably sucked this dick from wow. the back the way this guy's <laughs> smiling on her. This is wow. freaky in the end zone. Oh, wow. Wow. You're I right. I never even the, heard of that. The, the, the sexual dance he almost. Be, that's a sexual dance between uh, Taylor Swift and, and, and uh, uh, Mrs. Mahomes, whatever the hell her name is. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on, right? I mean, uh, it does look like it's uh, b- b- sexual. I'm telling you, he, he, uh, Travis Kelsey looks like a virgin that just finally got him a piece of ass. I mean, she may be eating his ass or something. We got to get confirmation. My sources tell me that he's getting his ass ate. Now, I haven't confirmed it. But my sources, wow. I mean, somebody call Mad Dog. I'm sure he knows. Yeah. Well, Something oh, is going you... on freaky in that bedroom. Get it together, the... trap. Speaking about Mad Dog, you can't find this guy. Ever since he made a bet on the air that he was going to retire, and now you can't find the guy. You can't find the guy. Y'all Mad Dog stuck his foot in his mouth, and he's not ready to retire, so he's running and cowering just like everybody else that makes a bet and can't keep up with it. That's why I don't bet with Mad Dog. <laughs> Robin Howard never bet with Mad Dog. I hope you learned your lesson. You're not kidding, boy. I tell you that. Okay, listen. Thanks, Stephen A. Thanks for uh, brightening our morning. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, Howard Robin. Right, right. Okay. Right. Let me. Uh, um, you know, he made me think of something. <laughs> what? Taylor Anal? Swift's? No, no, no. Taylor what? Swift's um, performance has not gone down. No. No. Why is he so affected? <laughs> he should be trying to continue to impress her. I know. Now he's fucking up. <laughs> and here's Mike Rappaport. How are you, pal? I'm, I'm good, Howard. How you doing? I'm doing well. Now, I want to be totally honest. Normally, I call in about teeth, lips, and the tongue <laughs> of Baba Booey. Right. And, and, and I want to just say, uh, I'm not calling to talk about the, the teeth, lips, or the tongue, the underrated tongue of Baba Booey. I wanted to tell you... Sincerely, the Barbara Streisand interview was so good. And with everything that's going on in the world, with everything that's going on with Jewish people and the anti-Semitism, to hear you a pillar of what you do, uh, a pillar of entertainment, the king of all media, sit down with another uh, pillar of popular culture, entertainment, who's also a Jewish woman, and to hear you guys just go back and forth. And I'm not just the only person who thought this because I talked to other people who listened to it. I felt so proud to be Jewish. I felt so proud that I'm a fan of the show. And I just genuinely wanted to let you know that it was one of the great moments in the Oh, that's so nice. Well, thanks, Mike. I mean, uh, I I take that as a very big compliment. And, uh, you know, you know how I feel about you. So. Uh, that's uh, really nice of you to say. Can you comment briefly on the tweet yesterday that you lost a big movie role due to your stance on Trump? What is going on there? Not only did I lose a movie role, I've lost two other jobs. Uh, 
on my, you know, uh, I lost the job over the weekend that I got. It was a, it was a, it was a money job. And then uh, the, the backers pulled out because they said your comments about Trump. I lost the movie job. Uh, I'm not going to say the actor. Really? Oh, yeah. And, and wow. The, yep, that's a fact. Um, and uh, I'm dealing with that through my union SAG. And, well, let me uh, ask you something, Mike. How do you find that out? In other words, when you do an audition or something like that, uh, I don't know audition Howard. I'm Michael Rappaport, but go ahead. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, who was the director? Mel Gibson. I mean, what? Uh, I mean, uh, it, it, you at least the stereotype is in Hollywood. Uh, most people aren't for Trump. They they're kind of repulsed by him, and yet you're telling me that uh, pro Trump people got you kicked off a, a, a job. So it was a film um, with a very prominent comedic actor. I got offered the part. Right. That very prominent comedic actor um, said, I don't like him. It was discussed. I, I, and and it, I, I don't like the things that he said about Trump. It, I, don't wow. like, I don't like his politics on Trump. That's what wow. was to me. And then the producer, who I'll just call Chris, who's a dumb fuck, was texting, not, not only calling my lawyer, texting my lawyer, and then Chris. The dumb fuck producer uh, made it about me because it, it's a, it's about some Italians and made it about how the fact that I'm Jewish, I can play an Italian. And then over the weekend, there was a job that I, there, that's why I did it yesterday because I was so pissed off. There was a job. It was actually more of an advertisement. And they said, we, we don't like his politics. We don't like his politics on Trump. Wow. Well, you know. Isn't that crazy? That's, yeah, it's crazy. That's very distressing. I, uh, I'm not pleased to hear that, but you know, yeah, sometimes, sometimes with Hollywood, my, my understanding is, you know, f listen, I was never tapped for commercials and stuff because I have outrageous views on some things. So I was never the type that it, it, the part of the problem of being outspoken is yeah. that sometimes it's not even that they, whether they agree with you or not, yeah. it's that they just don't like that your personality is so out there and they are afraid it will bring uh, problems to the production or something, which is crazy. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's, um, yeah. What are you going to do? And you, you know, you keep going and, and, uh, you know, uh, and I just, you know, have to, you know, be my, be myself. And, you know, it was surprising. Both, both of them were surprising, especially the, the film, um, the way it was handled in such a reckless way, but you know, I'm going to deal with it. And you know, you keep going forward, and there's other productions, and there's other commercials, and blah 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 blah. But that's that's the fact, Jack. Um, but All I right. wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't calling. Well, there you go. I really want. Let me say. tell you, my my. Well, thanks for the comments on Barbara, and uh, I got to move along. But uh, the thing is, uh, most actors are not outspoken like Mike because right. they don't want any uh, controversy. They're afraid it to even speak out. Which side of the issue? Uh, they really would be. Is, that's right. They were. Yeah, people are afraid to speak somebody. out. Yeah. And Mike, uh, Mike's not like that. Mike's like, you know, I'm just going to be me and uh, wherever the, you know, and and Mike gets a lot of positive attention too for his views, but yeah. uh, you know, it's 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 difficult. All right, Mike. Thanks but in for talking this day with and us. age, it's also nice to see somebody who sticks to their guns. Yeah. You know, well, we got a whole Congress that can't rip figure out which leg to stand on because they, you know they don't know the one that'll get them where they want to go. I got a, uh, uh, hey, Mike, thanks for the call. I appreciate the comment, too. All right, bye. All right, All right later. Um, 
I got you talking about Congress. You made me think of something. This is the fucking nuttiest story ever on the fucking planet, man. I got to talk about this guy. The the new dude that's in charge of uh, the Speaker of the House, that guy, Mike Johnson, which yeah. is a funny name. That's like a phony phone call name. You know, you call the bar and you go, can you, is Mike Johnson there? And the guy goes, Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson. <laughs> you know, uh, this is the craziest story. I'm sure you heard something about it, but let me talk about it for a second. Uh, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, he's a real religious guy, you know. Like, when I say religious, to the point of like, <sighs> well, anyway, you know, he's the type of guy that doesn't even believe in the concept of this country. He thinks that religion. It's a religious country, yeah. Yeah. Like, like he doesn't even basically get the fact that the beauty of America. Let me remind some people of this. I think most people know it. It's not all that profound. The beauty of America was the reason everybody, the reason this was the gem, the glowing light on the planet. People wanted to get away from oppression. That's, that's what the, this is what this was based on. And yes, it's an imperfect society, and it's not that everything is just and pure. But the basic premise is the voters, the people, run the country. They have the power. The power is in the hands of the people. And it's not about any one religious group. I mean, this is nothing profound. It's just that the the Speaker of the House in the United States Congress doesn't understand this. This is what's fucking crazy. It's a little thing we all learned about in school called separation of church and state. But Howard, even the first people who came here, what were they escaping? The Mayflower people. They they were escaping oppression. And, you know, when people came here from all over the world, all they wanted was a chance to live without somebody trying to beat them over the head. You know, and like tell Trump, them how to feel and what to think. You know, Trump said something very dangerous. I was watching a, a speech he gave. He he said, when I become president again, I will get rid of the vermin. The vermin. Now, now who are they? Uh, you better hope you're not considered a vermin by Trump. I know. He's going to figure out who the vermin are. And vermin is a word that uh, Hitler used to use. The vermin. Vermin. Yeah. Vermin. <laughs> the, the, the people were vermin, in his opinion. Uh, this is what the Taliban says. We will get rid of all the infidels. Yeah. Look, you either buy into America and the beauty of America. I know when my family came over here a 100,000 years ago, you know, whatever it was, whenever they were escaping pogroms and oppression. That's it. They just wanted all they wanted was a shot at working and not being beaten and robbed and raped. This is what was going on to protection from the wolves, to be part of a free society. So the ideal is the most important thing of America. Does it always work out for everyone? No. But it's the ideal. In other words, we all aspire to a society like this. So I don't want to get into a big lecture, but this fucking guy, the Speaker of the House, I can't figure this guy out and what he's really about. And you know, is he an American or is he a, is he a religious figure? I don't. I don't know what his deal is. When you hear him talk, it's strange. But the weirdest story came out that he and his son 
He's got a 17-year-old son. And they're worried about getting addicted to pornography. So they bought an app. It's called an accountability. It's called Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes. And what you do is, if you're addicted to porn, quote, unquote, and who isn't, if you're addicted to porn, you say, like, if I was addicted to porn, I said to Robin, I'm going to give you my account, and you can watch every time and see what I'm doing on my account, and you'll know if I'm watching porn, and then you, I'll be ashamed in front of you. But the twist is, his 17-year-old son is watching to make sure he doesn't watch any porn, and if he goes on porn, his son can see it, and vice versa. This is the craziest motherfucking thing. They're all worried about masturbation. I don't know why they're worried about masturbation. I've been masturbating my whole fucking life. It's a beautiful thing. Isn't the problem wanting sex, not what you're watching because you want sex? You know, it's programmed into us to want sex. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So anyway... This is crazy. Here, So here's this guy, Mike Johnson, talking about, bragging about how him and his son use this uh, accountability software. And it's kind of weird. What it is, it's accountability software. So uh, men in a church, you know, men's Bible study groups will do it. That's how it's presented at Promise Keepers. But they also mention, hey, when your kids become teenagers, hey. especially if you have boys, dads, they're talking to the guys at this event, you might want to think about doing this with your sons. And so we've been doing that. And so what it does real, real simply is it has an algorithm and software. I'm, it's way above my head how it works. But um, it, it scans. You, you obviously opt into it. But it scans every all the activity on your phone or your devices, your laptop tablet what have you we do all of it and then it sends a report to your accountability partner so my county accountability partner right now is jack my son right and so he's 17 so he and oh i get a report god. oh my god nothing weird can, can you, you imagine can you i was trying to imagine i'm like uh howard i want you to monitor my pornography what dad i would like what are you two doing Dad's asking me to monitor his pornography. Shut up! I didn't want your mother to know. I'm trying to get rid of my pornography addiction. Sure, Dad. Uh, and you'll monitor mine? That's right. Together we will monitor each other's pornography. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, oh my God. Hey, son, you'll I have a fun thing we can do together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we finally going to do something together? <laughs> we, uh, we're going to keep each other from whacking off. Barrel, what's wrong? Uh, nothing is wrong. I'm noticing that Howard's porn use is down. Oh, you know, and can you imagine? My dad was into some weird pornography. I knew what my dad was into because I found his stash. You know. Dad, um, d- Dad, I-, I feel funny bringing this up, but I noticed you're you're watching Teen Anal again. <laughs> Shut up! But Dad, you told me to monitor your t- your your use of pornography. Listen, you you're not gonna. I, so I slipped a little. What happened? <laughs> I slipped. And don't talk about me. I see you with reluctant lesbianism. <laughs> Hey, don't say that in front of mom. What do you, only an idiot likes reluctant lesbians. 
<laughs> Can you imagine the reality of you in your... What the fuck's with this guy? And he's the Speaker of the House. Yeah, he's so occupied with stupid crap, he's not going to be able to take care of the problems of the country. Remember on Boardwalk Empire, there was an FBI guy. He was the villain in the thing. Like he, uh, great actor. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, I think Mike Shannon. Michael Shannon. Michael yeah, Shannon. Mike, Michael Shannon. Yeah. Michael Shannon. He also played General Zod, I think, on. Uh, yes, at uh, one on time. The Superman. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that guy was so good, and it, it like reminds me of that. Like, like, like that character. Didn't he used to like beat himself with a chain and everything? Right. He'd, he'd, <laughs> he'd get the chain out when he was bad and beat himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Johnson will be up to. I hear you and your son are busy watching each other for their porn use. He didn't say how it was working out in this little speech of his, did he? Ben, what what is Howard watching? I'm curious. I just said, oh, he likes Harry Bush. What is that? Harry Bush. Harry Bush? Who is that, an actor? <laughs> no, the, he likes when the girls... Don't shave their vagina. Oh, he likes that. I never shaved down. What is it with that shaving and carrying on? I don't touch that area. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do I know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, what has is- he had to confront his son about his usage or has the son had to confront him oh yes uh, it was terrible i noticed uh, he was watching double penetration <laughs> and then back in my day we never even thought about that <laughs> well that's nothing then we found out he's into cum fart cocktails which is a very weird kind of porn <laughs> howard is watching transsexual stepsisters says he, he watched it for 45 seconds that's amazing. You, you, 45 seconds, he must have turned it off. No, he's a two-pump chump. He watches for 45 <laughs> seconds. What is this trans porn? Is that a, a, a porn on a train? No. Chicks with dicks? How is, how is watching chicks with dicks? Oh, I can't even imagine the creepiness involved in that. And do you really think his son doesn't know more about technology than he does and has is getting his porn another way? Anyway, we did a little research here. Here's um, Covenant Eyes. The app has an infomercial like. um, Oh, really? Yeah, it's a weird infomercial. It's a it's a commercial and it's parroting uh, superhero movies. And their spokesperson is Colossal Man, who only has one weakness, porn. In other words, he's a superhero until porn. Porn is his kryptonite. Here's the ad. Colossal man. My superpower? Strength. My weakness? Porn. Bet you didn't see that one coming. Porn was my own personal kryptonite. And it's something I've struggled with since I was a kid. Porn was the toughest (laughs) villain I have ever faced. Porn was alluring, time-consuming, and I never realized how harmful it was until I got away from it. (laughs) Harmful, time-consuming. It takes about three minutes. Not even. You know, I spend more time counting, like getting my tissues all lined up and uh, right, the cleanup. Right. Prep is yeah. longer than the actual act. <laughs> yeah. Porn sapped my willpower to work out, my testosterone, even my performance in the bedroom. 
Porn made me feel disconnected and depressed. Porn stole everything from me. Porn made me feel... I Porn stole everything from him. Now, this is a guy who is addicted. Oh, imagine yeah. Make, imagine that statement. Porn stole... Let me tell you something. I think watching football is worse than porn. I see these guys. They sit on the couch all day. They don't hit the gym. Uh, they they sit they ignore their wives. Porn, porn gives you they fresh don't work new. Out. They're not working out while they watch all these athletes perform. <laughs> By the way, how much porn are you watching if it steals everything from you? Like, okay, maybe three times a week I'll watch porn for a total of one or two minutes. That's all it takes. It's not stealing everything from me. But when you're obsessed, when you're wrestling with yourself, I don't want to do it because it's wrong. <laughs> you know, that yeah, takes yeah. a lot of time. That debate takes up a lot of room in your head. <laughs> Isolated and alone. I pushed away my friends, my family. Wow. Even my wife. <laughs> even though I'm the strongest Ooh. man in the world, I wasn't strong enough to quit porn alone. I needed someone to help me. I needed an ally. And that's when I found Covenant Eyes. That's when I got a hold of my dad and we started checking each other's porn consumption out. Ooh. It's a lot of porn. Porn stole everything from me. That's a heavy statement. Anyway, uh, here I got another piece of tape, which is kind of funny. The app has you connect with a friend who then gets alerted when you watch porn. It's like an alcoholic having a sponsor. Wow. Let me hear this. Here's how it works. Covenant Eyes can detect when porn is viewed. After you've struggled, Covenant Eyes creates a report of your activity. Then it sends that report to an ally of your choosing. Someone who supports you, but not porn, like a good friend or a sibling. For me, it was Jeff. This Covenant Eyes report lets your ally know that you need their help. And this connection to a friend takes you out of isolation and gives you the hope and encouragement you need to win the next battle. And after a while, just wow. knowing that Jeff would see my report gave me the strength to resist. Yeah, I bet. Can you imagine, Jeff? Oh, no. Uh, Here his app is going off again. Jesus Christ, this guy's a deviant. <laughs> my life was horrible, Robin. I'd, I'd lost my home and my job because of point-of-view blowjobs. There was only one solution, Covenant app. Yes, it worked like a charm. I called my best friend and told him I was struggling with jerking off. <laughs> After he finished laughing for 25 minutes... I gave him the Covenant app. Oh, hold on, Robin. Uh, Fred, knock it off. I, ha I have this arrangement with Fred. You have he's the watching Covenant eyes on him. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching porn right now. He, he zoned out about 10 minutes ago. Uh. Fred, I bet you Fred doesn't watch any porn. Fred, do you ever watch porn or do you just like totally ignore that aspect of life? I could see Fred never watching porn. Never I'm being having serious. a problem with porn. Yep. Huh? I bet you you don't watch it. Am I correct or am I wrong? I do watch it when it's convenient <laughs> if because, uh, you know, I don't live in a huge uh, right. spread and right. my daughter and my wife are around. My wife is home a lot. And when my <laughs> when when COVID was around, everybody was around. There was there was no beating off at all. So it's like uh, so I was you don't watch a lot ways. of porn, but you do watch it. Of course, I watch it. Wow. I think everybody watches it. I didn't sure. think it was sexual at all. Well, I, I really didn't. I thought you had, you know, who who claims he doesn't jerk <laughs> off is John Hine. He has told, he has, he's jerking off. he watches the guy who got 80 blowjobs. He's the guy who got 80 blowjobs. 
He, he doesn't touch himself, and he's got a total... John, brag a little well, if bit. if you look like John, would you touch yourself? <laughs> oh, <laughs> he can't mean. even believe he gets uh, sex. <laughs> John, talk a little bit about this. You don't. You, when is the last time you even watch porn? Well, first of all, Fred's got a fair point there, <laughs> to be honest, in terms of looking at myself. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'll watch stuff as it comes on through, like, you know, cable and whatnot, but... I'm not looking for an actual like porn to watch. It just doesn't do it for me. So and you don't like jerk off at all. And you don't jerk off at all. No, no, wow. I don't. Amazing. How much wow. sex do you have? Um, a, a, a fair amount. I mean, enough for you know to satisfy my wife and myself. So uh, we're 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 good to go. Wow. All right. I'm just you know maybe you're not available for jerking off because you're so satisfied no i mean i'm not asexual i know it sounds that way when present but you know my wife and i have a good time and and enjoy each other and have been for a very long time but we're not you know ronnie stephanie doing it (laughs) but then again i don't think anybody is but uh have you ever have you and i'm being serious have you ever started to jerk off and then remember that you don't jerk off and then no like, it's no no it's it's not like that i just don't have the the urge necessarily and i'm satisfied with what i do with uh with debbie and fred so when what you're you, walking around yes, during the day there's no like moment where oh you're aroused because that's what i hear guys walk around like no when i was like 16 maybe you know i i, I don't have that sex drive that howard what do you and do other people do what do you do when you're what? alone and you get a boner do you just like kind of ignore it sort of yeah i mean uh, you get excited boner. and then you know, it, it, it passes okay fred what type <laughs> yes, of porn are you watching i'm just curious because i don't uh you know, popular with men. There's like a section in, in uh, Tube Galore that has popular with men. So I don't really have tube like a... Tube Galore. Ooh, yeah, wow. Tube Galore. That's, How did you find that's, Tube that's, Galore? I mean... I don't uh, know. It's like it's one of these things where I went on a, a you know a search mission and I found that one to be the uh, most gratifying. So wow. there you go. There's a lot tube of selection. Galore. And there's one category that says uh, popular with men. And it kind of gives you a potpourri of all the different types of uh, porn that's in there that people of a male nature are watching. Do you find that there's one type of porn you enjoy more than others? I'd say anywhere, any porn where there's a naked woman. I'm, I'm not crazy <laughs> about like threesome porn or right. pegging porn, like uh, contrary to what Ronnie goes for. I, that's That has no appeal to me. But uh, uh, Mrs. John Hine is on the phone. Yes, Mrs. John Hine. John, please start jerking off. Okay, I need a break. I really, my pussy's got a black eye. It's just too much. All right, Howard. All by right. the time he, by the time he gets on top of me, he's so backed up. We have sex. It's like a fire hose. I can't handle it. <laughs> it's like he's wow. power. It's like he's power washing my vulva. It's just I, I need a break. Start jerking wow. off, John. Please. Okay, go All fuck right. a cheeseburger. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. John Hine. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Jo- right, Mrs. John Hine says, please, John, start jerking off. It's too much. Her vulva is inflamed. I like it's a browning. cheeseburger because, you know, I wouldn't do that to a hamburger, but a cheeseburger, that's a different story. So I <laughs> <laughs> finally in this, uh, this guy, Mike Johnson. Here's a guy. This is a testimonial on the, uh, you know, on the infomercial for this app. There's a guy standing there with his three daughters and his wife, and he's got his arm around his wife. 
and he says he's battling three generations of porn addiction. But thanks oh. to the app, yeah, his, this guy's great grandfather. <laughs> this runs in the family. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> his great grandfather, it seems, was jerking off to cave drawings, and uh, <laughs> it's gone on ever since. Here, my grandfather struggled with it. My father, like I, I knew like, my how grandfather. Did he know? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, how did you know your? Did you catch him jerking off? <laughs> grandfather was struggling with my grandfather. Struggled with it. My father struggled with it, <laughs> and I struggled with it. And me yeah, and my wife have the saying that we're Joe and Jennifer Kimmons Generation One because we're the ones that have broken and broken the generational sin. And it's a beautiful thing to see how my daughters don't even really understand their innocent. <laughs> there it is. He's got there's a picture of the dude with his wife and three girls, and the girls have big smiles on their face. Could Zad stop jerking off? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, the wife is happy. It's a great picture. Everyone is smiling because dad stopped jerking off. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> it's, you got to see this. Look at it. <laughs> Everyone's so fucking happy. It's the funniest thing. I want to see the before picture. They must have been miserable. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like they're all big, big frowns on their face because dad was jerking off. And now the the, the sky has brightened. The, the sun That's is shining. Right. The, the app stopped dad from jerking off. He, grandpa struggled with it. Uh, great grandpa struggled with it, but now, hey kids, dad, dad broke the addiction. Imagine this is your biggest problem. Life must be pretty good. That's why America's so great. The biggest problem is stopping jerking off. You can off. have an addiction to porn. Yeah. <laughs> that is a leisure disease. Since we got the accountability app, we now don't have a shortage of tissues. For some reason, when my, my husband was jerking off, we couldn't find any toilet paper or tissues. Even paper bags were, were going out the window. But now, now there's lots of tissues in the house. So what do they do? Like uh, the moment they notice that their son is having wet dreams, they hook him up to this app? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It seems, it seems pretty drastic, but okay, there it is. The speaker of the house is busy talking about his jerking off and his son monitors his porn consumption. What a job for a 17-year-old. Uh, How much allowance do you get for doing that job? Nice. I was a busy boy last week. After Wednesday's show, I went over to the big Sirius XM event. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I was what in the was city. It, finally? <laughs> you want to know something? This is why I'm bringing it up, and I hate to be a dick. I have no idea what it was. I was there, and I have no idea what it was. I got there at like a quarter to 11. And they said, you're going to speak. And I had a little speech on the teleprompter I was going to read. But then I got out there and I was just like, you know, it's kind of lame reading off a teleprompter. And plus, what well, was weird, the CEO of the company, Jennifer Witz, went on before me. Mm-hmm. And before she walked out, there was a, a video, like a 10-minute video or a 5-minute video. I don't know how long it was, but it was really actually really good. It was, you know, it was the history of the company. And how far Sirius XM has come. Cause don't forget, like when the company started and it pretty much, you know, we got here, there were like no subscribers, not, none to speak of. It wasn't sustainable to have a business. Yeah. And, um, it was pretty impressive the way the company grew. It really did. 
And so there was this big movie first to show the people in the audience. And I think the people in the audience were advertisers and business people who invest in Sirius XM and employees of Sirius XM. And so the movie comes on and it's basically, you know, with the deep voice announcer, we have grown Sirius XM now is in 30 billion cars and, you know, it's all the, it's, it's, and there's lots of images and it was weird though. Oprah, who's not even on here anymore, her image came on before mine. What? Yeah. I was like, why are you showing Oprah? Oprah, you know, didn't work Oprah out that well. Abandoned with Oprah. you. <laughs> yeah, Oprah Oprah got you for a lot of money. What are you what's going on here? Why are you showing Oprah? You don't want to remind business still people of that. Showing Oprah, that's a yeah. mistake you made. No. So first Oprah, then you? Yeah, I'm not going to nitpick, but let's face it. <laughs> I thought I should have been number one, but uh, you know what? I've grown. I've matured as a human being. It's it's okay. Oprah can go first. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of cool uh, video of us when we first came over and the rallies and when we were handing out radios and in, uh, in, in New York City. You know, some really good memories. And I was very I actually got moved by the video. I was like, wow, I'm proud to be a part of this company. But uh, this is making me more proud kind of thing because I didn't even know we were capable of making a video that was so professional and moving. (laughs) You know what I mean? We're kind of in our bubble. The company has has the ability to put something together that looks professional. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, then there was like this very high tech stage set up like a screen like jennifer came out to speak the ceo of the company and it was a high-tech like screen behind her and things are whirring and zooming by it was very tim cook you know and and jennifer was really good at reading off the teleprompter like she was like she was kind of like tim cook you know when they come out or and they and they they're announcing the new apple whatever they have Right. And, she, and I was like, wow, she's reading really well off the teleprompter. But somebody told me in the company, I won't say who, somebody tipped me off later that uh, Jennifer and all the executives got coaching on how to read off the teleprompter and do it effectively. Oh. And I didn't have any coaching. So I was uh, I was like, hmm, I was like, well, she's doing really well. I banned. I, I I abandoned the uh, teleprompter thing. I just said I better just because you wouldn't speak. have been a, as good and as smooth. Yeah. as she was. Yeah. How embarrassing for talent to be worse at teleprompter <laughs> reading than the CEO. The CEO should be bad at reading off the teleprompter. You know, it's like when Trump reads off the teleprompter and oh, he fucks God, it all up, yes. and yeah. then he has the nerve to make fun of Joe Biden speaking off a teleprompter. And I'm like, dude, come on. N- neither of you should be bragging. <laughs> But Jennifer did a pretty good job, like, you know, you know, like with stats and you know, she goes, you know, and like even looking at different cameras and different, you know, it was like, oh, it was she like, was whoa. switching with the cameras. Yeah. Woo. That's and like walking tech, like walking across the stage and talking at the same time. And I went, whoa, this is all choreographed. I, I, I this, this is very is, Tim Cook. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I was I didn't even know why I was there honestly. So I was not a, I was not clear who was even sitting in the audience. You had no rehearsal. You didn't know where to go or no. you know, to move around. Some lovely woman grabbed me and goes, 
as soon as Jennifer's done, just walk out there. And I was walking kind of weird because I was really having trouble. You know, these stages are very slippery. I remember at America's Got Talent, the one thing I didn't want to have happen in front of a live audience for me to trip or fall. And right. sometimes there'd be holes in the stage. It was weird. Like, like for staging, they'd say, oh, by the way, don't go, don't fall in that hole. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Don't fall in the hole. Don't Why is there a, a hole? hole? Yeah. What do you mean? A <laughs> hole. Don't fall in the hole. So when I walk on a stage, it looks like I'm having trouble walking, which I am. And I'm like, oh, people must think I'm really old. But it wasn't that I have trouble walking. If you see me walking in the street, I'm fine. It was the, this, I was like, I do not want to go down in front of these people. Well, it's the you lighting know. too. Was it well it was lit or was yeah. it was bright? <laughs> it was. Oh dear. It was, <laughs> so everybody could see you walking that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I was, and then, and then I, I, all of a sudden everyone was just staring at me, waiting me to say something. And I was like, so I, I don't know. I, I just said, Hey, listen, I don't dye my hair. I don't color my hair. I know everybody's thinking that. <laughs> But I really did. I was told to go out and just say a few words about um, the company and how much I, you know, how rah-rah I am about the company, which I have no problem doing because it's genuine. And I talked about how it sucked when we were at uh, terrestrial radio, regular radio. It really blew. And I said, everyone told me I was a jerk and everyone said I was an idiot and I was going to fail. And those were just my parents. <laughs> 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 and uh i don't know and then i talked for like three minutes and people said i did okay i didn't feel like i did okay I, I didn't know what i was doing honestly but and then as i was leaving i just said okay ladies and gentlemen i'm gonna leave now but uh coming up next i'm proud to introduce taylor swift and the crowd went nuts and i went i'm just bullshitting you i said taylor swift's not here but it seems like she should be here right it, it seems like an important event and then um, there were a lot of other, you know, serious XM celebrities there. I had heard it was Kevin Hart, Conan O'Brien, Kelly Clarkson, Marin Morris, um, and some other uh, Andy Cohn, and right. all these other people. Was Reese Witherspoon there? I, you know, I, I don't know. Vaguely, I don't think I don't so. Know if she was, but well, that seems like. You know, it almost reminded me of that Disney Plus rollout where, you know, Jennifer well, Aniston and Oprah and all those people showed up. Well, J James Corden was on uh, on video. That's no right. Reese Witherspoon. He's got a new show. Yeah. But anyway, I, I didn't even know what the event was. So I went, uh, I said, look, I don't know who's going to be there, but just I'll go out and do my thing. I guess word was at the company that I didn't want to be part of any kind of group. You know, what? Conan O'Brien was there, Shaggy. Well, I mean, it, I, the word went out from me, quite frankly. Oh. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be part of like some, I, I just wanted to go and get out and go home. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So when I got there, I was in my own dressing room. I was ushered into a private area on a different floor from all the talent because I guess everyone assumed I don't want to be with anyone else but i think they assume properly though i'm glad because i wasn't in the mood to socialize 
Well, you had done a show, you know, like moments after the show. I kind of felt like a dog at one of those uh, dog shows. What's that big dog show they have? The Westminster Dog Show? Yeah, the Westminster Dog Show. I felt like that because, like, the dog has no idea why he's on stage. And the dog has no idea what's happening. He's just basically told to go out there and do something, and he does it. Because his master is, you know, telling him to do it. Right. And he knows he ain't going to get fed if he doesn't do what the master says. So I, I was told to be there, so I was there. You know. And I did my speech. I didn't know why I was giving a speech, but... Didn't matter. Like a dog at a Westminster dog show, I I did it. I should have just gotten on all fours and barked. <laughs> that would have been good. But it was fun. You know, I got to say, it was kind of nice. and I felt good about the company. And I think they announced, I, from what I could tell, and correct me if I'm wrong, they announced there's a new logo for Sirius XM. The, really? You know that, what is it? I don't well, know. You know how there's like a, a dog who's serious dog. Is, is the yeah. dog star? They right. changed the dog around, but a little bit. I, I mean, can you tell the difference here? Here's the here's the logo. Take a look. Can you tell which is Wait old and which is new? There it is. Now you can see better. Uh, <laughs> there's a different squiggle where the legs yeah. are. And the tail's That's not the bent. Only, oh, the tail is not bent. I think that the new logo is the one on the left, so it's the tail is bent now. Oh, the tail is bent now, yeah. and the squiggle is smoother. Yeah. Who who designed that? A genius. Because <laughs> it makes such a difference. They pay, I'm sure they paid a lot of money for that. <laughs> and they did rename the dog. Stella is now the name. Oh, so there God you go. Was, what? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think they should have just dropped that dog. I mean, I, was Mike I don't know. Johnson in on these decisions? I don't know. <laughs> I, they never asked me. When um, I, they don't ask me. They, they no one consults me, and rightly so. What do I know? I'm a big dummy. I'm gonna but, be, you know, like I'm gonna see that logo somewhere. And I'm going, wow, the new Sirius logo. Yeah, they changed all the... And then somebody, as soon as the big the big event happened, all the logos in the office almost immediately, including the door even to our compound, have been changed. Like, wow. it was immediate. It was like when uh, a new administration comes in. It was just like, whoa, whoa what's going on? It was immediate. <laughs> all the logos changed. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. They handed me this uh, that right in the morning. Like what is that? Is a new thing. It's a thing you put on your microphone, but they oh. like switch it out. New logo. I was like, what? It looks like the, I didn't even know it was different when I looked at it. Well, what are we gonna do about like the thing behind your head, Gary? That uh, has. All I think the old they're logo. gonna have yeah, to. The, re- the step and repeat. I think they're gonna have to replace it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Fucked up. Yeah, we got to get that replaced immediately. I noticed Gary has the old logo hanging up. And on did you notice the difference? The S yeah. is just a plain S in the old logo. <laughs> good for you noticing. You're so, <laughs> you're so good. You're so observant. But, um, and then, um, yeah, so anyway, I went to the event and from what I was told, I did a good job. 
I don't. I didn't feel like I did, but people said I was fine. And then, uh, well, you are the worst critic of yourself. You have to listen to other people. I didn't really know what was going on. Like, I'm I'm out of it these days, you know. But a, a lot of the executives, when they'd get up to speak, were saying the word onboarding. It seemed to be the buzzword, and uh-huh. they were all very excited about onboarding. And I went, Jesus, I better act what like I know that? what they're. T- well, I don't know. So I was just kind of <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm really down with this onboarding. <laughs> and I have no idea what the fuck it is, but it was a lot. And, uh, Mehmet said that my, he was watching it on camera and he said my, I was wearing all black as I always do. Uh-huh. And he said it blended in with the black background. And I looked like, you remember Jombie on uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse? <laughs> I, I was like a floating head. According oh, exactly. to him, which was, it was, it was like which the Wizard is cool. of Oz. <laughs> but it looked good. Your outfit looked good. It's just <laughs> unfortunate with the background. And you know what's sad, Mehmet? I put a lot of work into that outfit, which is really weird. Like I know, you, know. you always do. Uh, but, you know, well, like when Hillary Clinton goes out and gives a speech, that they like ha- she has people who like hold outfits in front of the background ahead of time to like wow. make sure something like that doesn't happen. You got to look into that. I should that. have Gary do that. Just stand there with my outfits. Might have to. Yeah, I mean, they didn't give you any direction. Nobody no. talked to you and said, you know, a whole black outfit would not be a good idea. It's fine. I don't care. Although, then afterwards, they sent um, some, I guess they had a photographer there. And according to all of my people, we told them, if you're going to take pictures of Howard when he's on stage, shoot him from the right hand side. So what did the photographer do? Shot me from the left hand side. <laughs> and I got to tell you, they so they I get home and I'm fucking dead tired. And they go, we need you to approve some pictures if you could do it ASAP because we want to. I don't know what they want to do. I get well, they these probably pictures. were sending out press stuff. Yeah, I get these pictures, Robin. I went into a depression. Uh, I look like. um. I mean, there's, there's something wrong with me. I mean, I don't look right. I mean, it's really bad. I, they must have taken 50 pictures. Holy shit. One was where, I mean, you look at me and you go, everybody else looks normal. Like even like, like, you know, Jennifer Woods looked good. Scott looked good. Everybody looked good. And I'm looking <laughs> at me and I go, what the hell? People must have been, they must be. It was like, you know, remember when they bring King Kong out in that movie and all the reporters are there and they go, <gasps> I'm surprised people did, didn't run out screaming when I got on stage. I don't look right. I mean, I well, was really. It didn't happen. So maybe that's all in your mind. I don't know. I'm telling you, I have a pretty good view of what is attractive and what isn't. Howard, no, you do not. <laughs> I'm telling you, not I didn't even for show yourself. These pictures were so bad. I didn't even show Beth all of them because I was like, she's going to leave me. There's no way. <laughs> No way she's going to want to be seen with me. I'm really feeling very unattractive. I used to feel unattractive, but now this is really bad. It's, it's like the, the level has gone up. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. When are you going to get used to your looks? You mm, you have never I don't know. gotten used to your looks. No, never. And I never Every will. Every time it's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shock. I swear. <laughs> Every time it's a surprise. You're absolutely right. I look, I went, wait a second. What did I just get like 10% uglier? 
<laughs> How did that happen so fast? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome the elephant man. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. I keep finding new ways to disgust myself. Oh. Well, like I said, the audience yeah. had no reaction like that. So obviously you are oh. very hard on yourself. Yeah, oh, I saw it. I, I, I approved three pictures out of like, seriously, out of like 50. And because uh, by accident, a couple got taken by the right hand side ah. and they looked okay. It's just upsetting when management looks better than you, you know, and I'm an entertainer. I, I'm i supposed to have all of the uh, cosmetic you work on my... character. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, you know, I don't know why I bother, like, working out. Three days a week I work out. I Granted, I mean, the weights are laughable, but I do it. And, and I go for a walk every day. And yet, really, why? I mean, I should just get fat, be really oh, disgusting. Stop. Yeah, and not be able to walk. Yeah. And not be should... able to move around. Yeah. And then That's I got what upset. You want. <laughs> and then I got upset because Kelly Clarkson looked amazing. Oh, you know who else looked oh, amazing? Oh, God. Who? But you know who looked amazing? Fucking uh, Marin Morris. It's so good looking. Well, you know? she always looks amazing. Yeah, but she had on a dress. I wanted to tell her it's Sirius XM. You don't need to get dressed up. You know, but uh, well, she, she took was, it seriously. Oh, was she glamorous? I mean, she had on a dress that had cutouts. You know what I mean? Like yes. it was a dress. Like all of a sudden, randomly, her thighs are showing, or her like like almost see vagina, and then titties and belly, and it was like little like it's almost like someone strategically went in and cut tremendous swatches of clothing off of her. Well, guess what, Howard? They did. Yeah. <laughs> she has designers who drew that. Oh stuff. my God. And it and was just like, oh clothing. my God. A human <laughs> being couldn't look more fuckable than her. It's impossible. I read she got a divorce or she separated from her husband. There's, I'm like, wow. They're getting a divorce. I well, think. she's, I'm sure she's dating already. If I was single, I would call her up and go, She couldn't you. help herself. She has to be dating already. <laughs> yeah. Good thing I didn't have that app. I was beating off. No, I was a gentleman. But honestly, she looked great. And Kelly Clarkson looked great. But like again, I got angry because I don't know if Kelly did Ozempic or not. She hasn't stated. But I'm just angry with Ozempic. I fucking can't stand that everyone is skinny now. It's really upsetting Well, all me. we can say is the last time we saw Kelly, which wasn't long ago. Yeah. She didn't look like this. No, she didn't. She had rapid weight loss and she looks fabulous. I'm telling you. And, uh, oh, Marin Morris filed for divorce last month. Yeah. Well, she's yeah. ready for dating. That is a woman who's ready to be dated. I uh, felt bad because, you know, they used to make those videos together. Uh, I don't feel bad. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel bad that she's not with her husband because, but if some guy ought to, Date her like who's a guy in the NFL like uh, like a Travis Kelsey type who's another quarterback or another yeah. tight end, <laughs> <laughs> not the quarterback for the Jets. Nobody wants no, him right nobody's now. Nobody's calling his number. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I'm so mad about the Ozempic. I know I've said this before, but 
I got to be honest with you. I read an article on Apple News uh, that said that some woman died from taking Ozempic. So now she you're going to tell all the bad news about Ozempic. <laughs> she, they, they, oh, I was I, I mean, I'm not happy she died, but I was happy it didn't work because. Uh, like I said, I work really hard at staying thin and now everyone's thin, whether they work hard at it or not. And I just feel like, well, what's it's like if they had invented like a way to grow hair on people's head. I mean, like, come on. It's the one thing I got. I got hair. Well, you're calling it a Zempic. Uh, Do you know how many of those drugs are out now? I know there's a bunch there's of other ones. Not just one anymore. Yeah. Well, there's like five or six of them. I want my fat people back. This is crazy. <laughs> we don't have any fat people anymore. No, go look for a fat person. You can't find them anymore. But I, I'm telling you, I'm reading this article and it says this woman, her daughter was getting married and she wanted to fit that, I saw into yeah. her, into this dress that she bought for her daughter's wedding. So she took some, what I don't know that it was Ozempic. It's one of these many different drugs and she died. And I was sad for her, but at, at the same time, I was like, hmm, I should distribute this because I don't yeah, want people. send it to everyone. <laughs> everyone. And I was like, you see, you can't just take something. There's always consequence. Like I was all, I was on fire. I was, of course, I'm telling my wife, what does she care? She's like, all right, already. We get it. You don't like Ozempic. Uh, anyway. But yeah, Eli Lilly, I think it makes one of these drugs and I don't know what, even which one it is, but it's stuck is now like at $600 or something a, a share. Wow. I hope I own that stock. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. Uh, that'll make me feel better about, you know, that'll, getting yeah, so if, skinny. at least if you're making money from people getting skinny. I was talking to Pat, my guy who trains me and, you know, my friend and, I said, Pat, what's with this Ozempic? He goes, ah. He goes, he always has a way of making me feel. But he goes, there's always a, uh, that's how he talks. That's like plenty of He goes, there's always, there's always some, you know, there's always, you have to pay the piper or whatever the hell he said, you know. Right, right, right. There's always some consequences. To it. I go, good. I'm over here starving myself. But everybody's getting thinner while they try to figure out what that downside is. I know. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, I'm not the sexiest man alive anymore because of Ozempic. Um, oh, here's a fact. The woman's official cause of death does not list the drugs in the cause of death. The husband thinks the drug was responsible. You see, so it probably isn't even the So drug. it's like, yeah, don't blame us. Nah. <laughs> Nobody said anything about us. Right. Uh, ask Napkin Ed, what can I do for you, pal? Howard, um, I'll do anything that you want me to do if I can meet Dolly Parton. Yeah, well, that ain't going to happen. No, you can't, I don't you can't do anything. Not, not <laughs> what could you do? <laughs> Robin, do you need what Ask Napkin Ed? Do? <laughs> do you need Ask Napkin Ed to clean your house or something? Because uh, he's ready to do anything. Would you get the word out to her, man? What? Would you get the word out to her, man? What word? Get the word like uh, she's the greatest uh, composer, like a singer, composer kind of thing that I've 
I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I think she's terrific. I'm having her on the show on Wednesday. Of course, I'm, oh, I'm going to get the word out. Get the word to her that she's a great composer and singer. All right, I'll get that word to her. But Howard, can I can I talk to her for a minute? No, 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 no. You'll you know what? what, what you not what through you Howard. Know, <laughs> you know what I mean, Ed? It's like the fans would actually be in an uproar. It's like nobody wants to hear from you. You're good, you're a good guy. I got nothing against you, but you know, but you'll scare her and I'll just put a damper. You know, you, how you you got worms in Have your you ass? Have you seen yourself? Yeah. But she's she's um, she's understanding. I don't know right. if she's that understanding. I don't know how you got that impression. Well, um, she she's like you. She like understands me and stuff. <laughs> All right, Ass Napkin. Oh, on our phone with Ass Napkin is Ass Napkin Chris, who says he, too, needs to uh, speak to Dolly Parton. Go ahead, Ass Napkin Chris. Howard, I love Dolly. I'll do anything. Can you, can you get on that, man? Can you get on that, man? It's Ass Napkin Chris. I'll, I'll scrub all the worms out of my ass. I'll do I'll do everything. I'm Dolly's biggest fan. Who is that dude? Ass napkin Chris. Ass napkin Chris. I'm Howard. Howard. Yeah. Can I also meet Sammy Hagar? You want to talk to Sammy Hagar too? Yeah, I love 51. Can you get on that, man? What the fuck oh, you're having is, the is it? We're having the who on the show. Can what's I meet the who? Howard, what's he on? Who the fuck is this? Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> fuck yourself, asshole. You're, you're a motherfucker. I want to meet Dolly Parton, you prick. No, Dolly Parton is... I hope she's she's probably listening because she's coming up on the show, like coming up on. I bet you can't even name one of her songs. Yeah, I can. It's nine to five with um, Kenny Rogers. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. You know that a good singer. She's a good singer, man. And say it was a good singer or singing her songs. Don't be an ass. Yeah, you, you sound like a creep. Remember this one? Oh. I, I will always finish it. That's Whitney Houston, asshole. No, you dumb shit. It was Dolly Parton's uh, song. And Whitney I'll covered. always love you. Is, um, you, don't, you don't know that? You Get the fuck 
fucking guy off the air. You don't like Jolene. What? How are you talking? How are you talking like I'm talking? How the fuck are you talking? <laughs> what? What you? What are you doing? What you at, man? Where are you going? Where are you at? Where are you fucking at, man? Where I'm? I'm in New York, um, right yeah. on the Pennsylvania border. Oh, I'm there too. What high school you go to? I went to South Park High School. No PS fucking shit. What year you graduate? I didn't graduate. I dropped out. Oh, man, me neither. Eighty-eight. Yeah. Where'd you do after that? Well, I did. I've been a professional house painter for forty years. What you do, motherfucker? I fucking live off my dad. I don't do shit. You live off what? I live off my father. I don't have one. Well, all right, all right, all right, all right. Guys, guys, all right. This was great. This guy ain't a fucking real Dolly Parton fan. If you don't like Joey and he didn't know about him, I will always love you. No, fuck I don't always love you. Fuck you. I don't love you either. You're crazy. All right, let me, let me, let me, let me just say something. Ed, Ed. Yeah. You're not going to. All right. You're not going to talk to Dolly Parton. And for the record, I will always love you was written by Dolly Parton. Whitney Houston recorded it, but Dolly wrote yeah. it. Dumb shit. I thought. I thought Prince wrote it. No. No. Prince oh. wrote. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You got worms in your fucking brain. I got I got I got to hang up on this too. Off the fucking Howard. Would you do this for me? Would you uh, tell? Uh, Dolly, that that um that I'm uh, like yes, I'm, I will. Cool. I will tell her. Thank you. Okay, I'll tell her you're cool. Thanks. Uh-huh. Ask Napkin Ed is cool, Dolly. I could have listened to that. Ed is the biggest fan, but yeah. he only knows one song, <laughs> and he doesn't like Jolene, which is possibly no. Dolly's best song. Yeah. But he only knew nine to five. I mean, if you really quizzed him, he didn't know anything else. Yeah, I should mention at this point in the show that uh, Sammy Hagar will be on tomorrow uh, performing. I love when Sammy comes in. I'm a huge Sammy fan. I love Sammy uh, with Van Halen. I love Chicken Foot. I was listening to Chicken Foot yesterday. It's a band he put together that is so good. Is a riff he does. The fuck, I wrote it down in my journal. Yeah. Guys, look at uh, the list of chicken foot. It's such a good riff that Sammy wrote. And it's not even part of Van Halen. I got to ask him about this riff. Fuck, I didn't write it down. I should have. I was lazy yesterday. Anybody know my list? Guess not. Anyway, uh, Sammy will be here tomorrow. Oh, let me see. You got any chicken foot? Oh, yeah, here it is. This is a song called Oh Yeah. Just listen to this riff. I think that's just unreal. 
I love it. But anyway, Sammy will be here. He's got a couple of announcements to make and things, and uh, hmm. uh, looking forward to that. And then, yes, on Wednesday, the one and only Dolly Parton I'll be talking to. And there is uh, a lot to cover there. A lot of ground. She put out an album, Another Rock and Roll. Another amazing lady, yes. Another amazing lady. So we're looking forward to that. And as you heard, S. Napkinhead wants her to know that he's a big fan. And, no, uh, that she's a great composer. Oh, right, right, right. He wants <laughs> her to know, know that. that. <laughs> Well, maybe she does. Like she's like me. She sees herself and doesn't think she's a great composer. Maybe I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. Uh, all right, Scott, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. Uh, I was listening to uh, Flirty Gary on 101, and I wanted to know how much of Flirty Gary is ad libbed and how much of it is scripted. Well, uh, Gary's a great performer, but like uh, like most actors, you know, we have to write everything down for him pretty much. He doesn't do yeah. much ad libbing. De Niro yeah. doesn't do right. uh, his scripts. He acts them. Right. So I'm not taking anything away from Gary, but let's just say putting together flirty Gary, it takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what Good I'm morning, saying. Robin. Good morning. Yeah. And by the way, I should promo this. There's a new flirty Gary coming soon that we've been working Ooh, on. Oh, all right. And uh, I think, you, hey, I'll tell you what, Scott, uh, since you asked about phony phone calls, I'll give you one right now because it seems like the right time in the morning. Here's uh, uh, the nuttiest phony phone call, of course. This is um, Richard Series on Tradio. Uh, I'm officially going to call this the stupidest prank call of all time. Richard Christie said to me, yeah, he loves messing with Tradio. He grew up in Kansas where Tradio is pretty big. I, I, growing up in New York, I never heard of Tradio, but out in Kansas, it's a big thing, you know, if you can imagine. And it's the type of radio where you just trade stuff. Anyway, uh, I know, it sounds stupid, right? But anyway, Tradio is, um, who thought of that format? <laughs> where is that guy? It's like the trading post, but it's 24 <laughs> hours a day, right, Richard? 24 hours a day is trading out. But, uh, yeah, like on they, some of the, well, no, a lot of them, they have a set time, uh, like right. it's uh -huh. usually an hour or two. And, you know, I grew up with this stuff. Like my parents, they still buy stuff off of Tradio all the time like really? coupons for Taco Tico and things like that yeah oh and yeah. I got in trouble in high school or no it was even junior high even earlier than that for messing with our local Tradio station me and my buddies and they found out who we were and the cops came to my parents house <laughs> and it, was like, it was a big deal it was like all over you know the talk of the town were your parents upset with you or were they just like hey you know uh, uh this is Richard they were only upset because they thought they wouldn't be able to buy stuff off Tradio anymore. <laughs> luckily, <laughs> yeah. luckily, they they didn't get banned. They kind of knew I was I was always up to goofy shit. <laughs> yeah, but can't like on what grounds can the police? I mean, it's free speech. They're asking for phone calls. How can they tell you you can't? Like, how did how did this all come about? I think there's no. They had no grounds. They just wanted to scare the shit out of all of us, and it worked. Right. We stopped messing with them. We were moved you making, on after that. In other words, you were making your phony phone calls from your family home, so therefore they could trace the uh, and they and then they got a hold of you. What did the cops say to you? Were they like, "Hey, come over here, son. You've messed with Tradio." <laughs> 
Yeah, but, they, yeah, they, didn't they were take like you threatened. to the station or anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, take you downtown. They, <laughs> no, but but they yeah. threatened it. They said, you know, we don't know how far this radio station's going to take this. You could get jail time. <laughs> and this was back before computers too. So instead of emailing weird stuff for them to read off during radio, like you had to write it down on a piece of paper and slip it under the radio station door. So we would go in like off hours and write down weird shit like tube steak for sale and goofy stuff and they'd read it the next day can you believe you're like now getting paid for something you did for free in high school it's just amazing it's isn't it? it's the best howard i pinch myself every day thank you so what was it like was it nighttime when the police showed up what how did it all go down i it was the evening i think we were eating evening. dinner eating yeah. dinner and, and then there's a knock on the door or you hear uh, out in kansas no, can you hear the well, the with dogs this. and the, the dog, we had these chickens that would go nuts when somebody pulled in the driveway. <laughs> and, and so I heard the chickens going crazy and the dogs. And I was like, Oh shit. And did they, and, and did they put their sirens on or like, they, are they like, <laughs> no, they just pulled in and we saw them out the window uh, uh, and we saw, heard the chickens going crazy. How many policemen were involved in uh, capturing you? Just one, just, just one. one. It was just yeah, one cop. And he went around to my other friends' houses too, so we were all <laughs> shitting our pants. What well, all happened? Like they actually wouldn't have caught us, but one of my friends was bragging at school about it, and the word got around. Like another kid from our school, their parents worked at the radio station, so oh, I I thought they had traced the phone calls. It wasn't even that sophisticated. It was just some dummy who opened up his mouth and was bragging. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. The, he, I don't even think they had caller ID, so I think right. we were fine with that. He was like the Fredo of your group. Like, like here you got a crime organization and this asshole is the weakest link. He's, he's busy. He's like, I'm going to go public with this. Well, oh my he was, God. He was trying to impress some girl and uh, he blabbed to her, not knowing that her family, like it's part of the station. And, and what gets you laid? What gets you laid more than with a girl when you say, you know what? We're the guys behind the tradio pranks. I don't know if you're aware of it. We were even too young to get laid. So I don't know why the hell he was bragging to her. You should have told that cop, you know, officer, I have a feeling this is going to be my career one day and I'm trying to do my 10,000 hours of uh, nonsense. Yes, but, officer. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get the last laugh eventually. In a small town, do you know the cop who came to the door, or was he a stranger? No, we knew everybody, yeah. We knew yeah. all the cops. So, yeah, that you helped know, a little s- bit. Yeah. When it you helped see that my scene in a know. movie, you don't think it's real. But in Kansas, that really happens, where the police show up because your son is doing something goofy. <laughs> I wish I did a um I wish I did a Barney impression and be like, Yeah, we caught you. You know, I can't do it though. Uh, so when the guy is like does when the guy is telling you and your parents about this, does he does he first speak to your parents and say, Hey, can you please step outside? I need to talk to you or do you are you told all together? Well, I think as he was walking up, I think I had to spill the beans to my parents. I, I was like, I know why he's here. We were messing with radio so you know just to give you a heads up your dad is so chill that uh you know at least you know like he probably didn't even yell at you he's probably like richard 
It's okay. Yeah, I don't care, Bob. You know, this is the law enforcement. What did he say? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much like, well, you know what? You maybe just call stations from out of town if you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to he, see you end your career. Yeah, he didn't mind the pranking part. It was just pranking a station where they actually use the radio to buy stuff from. Were you pissed off at this one kid who was blabbing about your your pranks? Like, did you, like, read him the riot act at least? No, he was, I mean, I didn't hang out with the brightest bulbs in the batch, and I'm not either. So I was like, you know what? He let it slip. It's okay. You know, you know what it's like? Proud. Remember, remember the movie Goodfellas, and De Niro tells everyone in Goodfellas, do not spend the money from the Lufthansa heist. Tells them all. And immediately those guys go out, they buy new cars, they're buying mink coats for the girlfriends, and they don't listen to De Niro. And, you know, you know what happens. That's it. You get fucked. It's yep. too much. We even so, had a nickname. We were called the Tradio Bandits. Like, before people knew who we were, they were like, oh, the Tradio Bandits are back. Who who called you the Tradio Bandits? On, on the air, they'd call you the Tradio Bandits? We nicknamed ourselves that. Oh, yeah, we were wow. proud, of, proud of ourselves. Should have made jackets, the Tradio Bandits. <laughs> nice. How many guys were in the Tradio Bandits? Uh, about five guys. Yeah. And would yeah. you guys get together regularly and plan pranks and uh, and how to do it? Oh, yeah. 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 We'd get to. I mean, one of the simplest and earliest ones we ever did that I still love, and we've done it before, too, is where they tell you to turn your radio down. <laughs> so we would we'd get on air. They say, hello, you're on track. And we crank the radio up and just hold the phone up to the radio. And it, just, it would feed back and they would be like, oh, turn your radio down, sir. They didn't know we were messing with them. And it would go on forever. It was great. Richard, where are the rest of the Tradio Bandits now? Because I would like to hire them. I mean, these are these are an asset that I could use. What, 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 are they in jail? Where are they? Do you know? I'm still friends reform? with them. No. <laughs> One of them works yeah, but, for the county. Like uh, they all got legitimate jobs, so wow. they're around. <laughs> Are they jealous of you that you turned it into a career making phony phone calls? Not really jealous. They're proud, and they listen to you know they listen to the show, and they love all the radio stuff. They're they're proud that like you know they we all kind of fostered my career by doing this stuff. And are these, were you the uh, best? Were you the best at it? No, I had a buddy, David, that was even better than me. Yeah, He's give the me one this David's phone number. I'm going to fire you and get him. <laughs> He's the um, best. He's the He's one the that thought of holding the phone up to the radio, and I was like, that's genius. <laughs> <laughs> now, are these the same guys who used to jerk off with you in the tub and everything? Or, or no, that's crowd? actually, that's a different crowd. Even. Uh, yeah, that's another what guy. a crowd. Yeah, I got I to gotta round all these guys up. And, there were different you know. factions, Howard. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Richard came up with a new tradio prank and it's it's so silly and so ridiculous but it is sort of entertaining uh richard said to me uh I, i'm curious how many times do you think i could say good morning like mor get the word morning in it on the air before they hang up on me and i was like do we care about this but you know oddly i did so how many times, Robin, do you think Richard could say morning huh. before do the I host cut him off? Do I get a chance to know how long he was on the phone? Or No, uh, I, I just, okay. I, I'll give you an over just or under. Just a random nut. Okay. Under 50 or over 50? Ooh. I think yeah. I'm going to go over 50. 
over 50. Let's find out. Here we go. Richard's whole mission is to see how many times he could say morning, the word morning, on Tradio. <laughs> I'll keep count. You don't have to worry. Real quick, caller, we got about 30 seconds. What do you got for us today? Okay, I'll get right to the point. Morning. How you doing this morning? Beautiful morning this morning. Haven't seen a morning like this morning since I four mornings ago. Can't beat a good day like this. Sure can't. And sorry if I'm a little rambly today. I'm okay. in mourning for my friend Morning uh-huh. from overseas. A rough morning for me this morning. If everybody could say a morning prayer while I'm in mourning, would make my morning better. All right, we'll get the word out for you on that. Thank you. Oh, morning, Mr. Beerbauer. Top of the morning to you. You still there, sir? Sorry, had to say morning to my neighbor this morning. Forgot to say it to him yesterday morning. Yes, sir. Morning Joe was good this morning. I was reading Morning Herald and watching my morning shows. There you go. Good morning, America. Morning Joe. CBS Mornings and CNN this morning. Yes, sir. Well, hey, we got a lot of folks on hold here. Uh, In a hurry, huh? Must be the morning rush. Well, I got more things. I mean, more things I want to sell this morning. Okay. What you got for us? Well, I got the albums Amarillo by Morning. Kiss an Angel, Good Morning. Just Call Me Angel of the Morning. Okay. Good Morning, Vietnam soundtrack. My Morning Jacket. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, sir. Morning, honey. Don't forget your morning after pill so you don't get morning sick. Uh-oh. Oh, morning. Sorry about that. I had to say morning to the wife this morning. All right, man. Have a good day. Thank you. Well, does your morning show take music requests this morning? Well, uh, we don't play music here on the Trading Post. Uh, well, I was hoping to hear Good Morning, Good Morning by the Beatles. Unfortunately, we don't do requests. So You know it, right? It goes, Good morning, Good morning, Good morning. Sounds good, I thanks. I got nothing to say, but it's okay. Good morning, Good okay. morning, Good morning, Good morning, Good morning. I got to run, though. We got a lot of folks on hold. Okay. Well, before I go this morning, I just want to make sure I remember to tell you good morning. Okay, you have a good day now. I forget, did I tell you good morning? Yes, sir. I got to go anyway to water my morning glory. I was mourning the last batch that died yesterday morning. Uh. Well, I think I lost him. I think you got a bad connection, man. Uh, a lot of great calls today. You folks kept me busy. Let's keep it up tomorrow. Join me again at the same time, same place, same hour. Bye-bye. Have you tried our chicken salad? Have you tried our egg salad? Because I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. All right. um, The you well, you win. It was over. It was over fifty, fifty nine times. I was afraid after you gave me that face that I was wrong. No, they just started tumbling out of Richard at a rapid pace. (laughs) I do want to congratulate Richard on getting 59 mornings on. uh, I know it's so stupid, but if you think it's easy, uh, I do. I will play you an outtake. Here is an earlier attempt by Richard to call a different radio show. And the host completely cut shut him down within two seconds. Here is uh, here is an alternate try. Good morning. You're on which radio? Morning. How you doing this morning? Doing all right. What can we do for you? Oh, top of the morning to you. Okay, I'm going to let you go because I got a bad feeling on that one. I'm not going to mess with it. I'm not in the mood today. Good morning. It's Tradio. You're on the air. Morning. We got disconnected. Yeah, we did. I'm coming up on a break here, sir. So let's get it across the air. What do you got? Oh, I have some DVDs. Uh, Good morning. 
Vietnam. Uh, I have an album, Angel of the Morning, by Juice Newton. Um, I have a George Strait album, Amarillo, by Morning. Uh, <laughs> Hello, you're on with Radio. Morning again. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not going to play your games today. And I can't have people drunk on the air, so sorry. And that'll wrap up Monday's edition. Thanks for being here. 8.54, the Commodity Open is back right after this. Can't you pick of the patch this fall? That guy was very mean. (laughs) He sounds like he could kick my ass, too. I'm glad that guy's in a state far away. (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, How dare you call you drunk? (laughs) I know. It was the morning. I wasn't drunk at the time. Well, I said it was stupid, and it was stupid. Congratulations, Richard, on uh, another stupid prank. A good, good job, good job. Thank you, Howard. There you go. Appreciate it. It's fun taking a little trip down memory lane with you. This man who was almost arrested for calling Tradio. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's a career. Sammy was asked to join a lot of bands. Um, Sammy will talk about this tomorrow when he comes in. I'm sure I can ask him anything. I feel that comfortable with him, but. Uh, Aerosmith, at one point, I guess, you know, it's legendary. Steven and Joe were having problems and blah, blah, blah. So the guys in Aerosmith came and asked Sammy to join the band. Grateful Dead asked Sammy to join the band. Motley Crue, Pantera, Velvet Revolver. I mean, everybody wants Sammy. Why did everybody want Sammy? Because Sammy can fucking sing his head off and he can also write. So why wouldn't you want Sammy? Is he the only one? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> he's he's the only one who can do this kind of work very few people who can't do it uh anyway there's a lot to talk to sammy about tomorrow but that's for tomorrow right now there's a couple of things so over the weekend i i have a calendar that i kind of mark down Big moments sort of in our career. You're asking me why I do this. I've been doing it for years because I forget. I don't. People say, do you know you did this? You know you did that? And I go, you know what? And I'm being 100% serious with you. I have no clue what I did, what year I did it. People ask, when was your movie? When did that come out? I go, I don't know. I don't know. Bunch of years ago. I don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck the 90s, knows? I don't know. Uh, when you were uh, able to pin the, the decade, but not the year or the date. Yeah, when, when, you know, you did that book signing. What, what, what year was that? I, go, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't remember anything anyway. So what I had written on my calendar for the month of November, I take a quick look at it at the beginning of each month. This is crazy. November 7th, 2005, K-Rock, the old radio station we worked at, suspended me for mentioning Sirius. Uh, You remember that? uh, Yes, yes. We were told not to come to work. (laughs) This is why I write it down. Because I really, you know, that was a major thing. We were on regular radio and they suspended me after they told me I could mention Sirius. I said, is it okay if I mentioned, you know, since I talk about my life and what I'm doing? And they were like, yeah. So I was mentioning it, maybe more than mentioning it. But nevertheless, then they go, okay, you're suspended. I go, but you dudes told me it was okay. Well, we don't care. You're suspended. They were fucking with me, you know. Also, oh, I have on here on November 9th, Ed Bradley died in 2006. Because Ed interviewed me for 60 minutes, so I know him. And he was nice to me. Uh, November 18th, oh, this is crazy, 1985, 
November 18th, Robin, started afternoon drive on WXRKK Rock in New York. Wow. And you know, when I looked at this, I said, you know what? I forgot we were on in the afternoon for a while on K-Rock. You did? Now, I remember that. Well, now you do, but do you ever spend any time? No, no, no. We started off in the afternoons because Jay Thomas was on in the morning. You don't remember. I I remember it now, but I don't think about the fact that this is why I'm bringing it up. This is things. These are things you need to remember. Well, that was a big deal because they came to us and said, you know, we want you on in the morning. Well, Jay Thomas was on in the morning, and then uh, shortly after the ratings came out, they moved us to the to the morning drive. I always liked Jay too. I think Jay should have done afternoons, but then Jay went off and did his acting thing. So yeah, he it all worked to out. Act anyway. November eighteenth. Listen to this. Two thousand eight. November eighteenth. We went to Union Square in Manhattan and gave away Sirius radios. It was fucking great. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I don't remember the date, but I remember we went somewhere and gave out radios. November 19th, Channel 100, the the Channel 100 that we're on right now on Sirius XM, Channel 100 News went on the air in 2005. In other words, we were still on regular radio, but we, I said, I said, you know, we got to put something on these channels right now. And we put the Howard 100 News. And so on Sirius, they were reporting on everything we were doing. <laughs> I, I dare I say, I think it was brilliant on my part. I, I'm just going to take a bow. Okay. Once in a while, I have to compliment myself. I put a Howard 100 news all day and all night before we got here. Come on. That was pretty fucking good. A full news department devoted to just us. Either it was brilliant or I'm fucking have a real narcissistic problem. <laughs> well, it could be a combination. Could be a combo. <laughs> November 29th, 1990. Infinity, this company we worked for, was fined $6,000 for having a Christmas party on the air where the guy played the piano with his penis. Boy, a lot happened in November, huh? Yeah, yeah. We That was a, a $6,000 fine, our first fine from the government. A lot happened in November. That's why I keep a calendar. Wow. Yeah. See? That's my reaction. And now I'm going to add to our calendar November 8th, 2023. You know what happened then? I just told you. Oprah appeared before me in the SiriusXM hype video <laughs> that they played That's for some deal. reason. Yeah, they should. They felt showing an image of someone who doesn't. Yeah, yeah. They they did a hype video where when I'm the next person coming out and Oprah appears first, and Oprah doesn't even work for this company. No, there's no Oprah channel anymore, is there? Let's face it. I'm constantly insulted, but that's okay. I keep I keep rocking on. Uh, It doesn't matter. My spirit is never diminished. I'm I'm something else, man. Nah. Uh, finish is is it hurting you that contortion you need uh to do to pat yourself on the back <laughs> yeah listen <laughs> if i don't pat myself on the back there's nobody around here is gonna do it imagine i'm I'm waiting to go out on stage and there's a big video talking about the accomplishments of sirius xm and oprah comes on first 
And I went, does Oprah work here? Isn't she the one who got 50 million for the company? And I don't think she ever did really much for it. She, she ran away. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I couldn't find her. <laughs> you know, when I went out on stage on Wednesday, I did say whoever was there, I said, you know, it's amazing. I just came from my radio show where two of my guys were playing the xylophone with their penis. <laughs> And uh, the day before, I'm talking to Barbara Streisand, and that kind of sums up what Sirius XM's all about. I mean, you you know, we run the gamut. Uh, anyway, yes, but Oprah, listen, it's good they had Oprah come out first on the video. Why not? I mean, Oprah worked here for about as long as she appeared in the video, so it was perfect. <laughs> I understand why they did it. No end to the insult. It's okay. I'm a company man. Let me ask you one thing, because what... What jumped into my head right after you said that was, was Martha Stewart in the video? I think she might. Yeah, I think she was. She really? was. Yeah, but she's not but with the company But you were before anymore. her. I was before her. Thank God. <laughs> Just wondering where you, where you uh, come uh, into play. Well, you know I'm kooky. Uh, if, I, if I see a video about this company, I kind of expect that I would be first. But then again, I'm always let down. I think they do it to keep me humble. And I don't blame them. At least them. you were ahead of Andy Cohen. It would have been a real bad deal if Andy showed up yeah, first. Yeah, that would, that would have been an insult. <laughs> <laughs> Andy came out. He spoke to the crowd. And he was in a suit and tie. He looked like a real professional. I was proud I of him. I think he's always in a suit and tie. I don't yeah. think he comes out of that. <laughs> he's caught up in that world. Like, am I an executive? Am I an entertainer? What the fuck am I? I don't know what I am. So but I he, just saw he's lobbying CNN to have drinks on uh, New Year's Eve because he really thinks that ruined the show last year. I agree with him. He should be able to let Andy drink. <laughs> if that's what he needs to do that fabulous New Year's Eve show, you let him at it. I'm all about it. And the it. other thing, I, I felt like I spent the weekend with Andy because there's something called BravoCon. Yeah, that's a big and event now, now. And now they broadcast it. So there were little clips of Andy trying to quash housewife beasts <laughs> <laughs> on TV all weekend. I love it. I should probably get into more of those franchises of the Housewives. I'm just into Beverly Hills Housewives, and I think they got a problem this year. I'm, I'm watching it. Don't get me wrong, but everyone's getting along a little too well. Yeah. Well, yeah, well uh, Lisa Renna, who was the gone. big villain, she's gone, yeah. right? Yeah, the, I, yeah. I thought that she was useful in that situation, but we'll see. Oh, when they get dressed up and they think they look hot, but they're all train wrecks. It's the fucking best. Way to go, Andy. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. And we love Andy. So there you go. Um, I'm into this new thing now. So I went to the Sirius XM event. Again, I don't know what to call it. I, I still don't even know what the hell we were promoting. We promoted something. I don't even know what it was, but I think the new logo. But I was happy to be there, happy to support the company. <laughs> so I came into Manhattan. I did the radio show. I went over to the event. Then this weekend, I went out to dinner with my friends to a restaurant indoors, of course, because we're in New York and it's getting cold. But, uh, you know, was the is... restaurant full? What time did you? Oh, go? yeah, it was packed seven o'clock. Oh, I was miserable. 
I, I said to my wife, can't we go at five o'clock? They go, we went out with another couple. And uh, I eat dinner at five o'clock. I am so trained. And I went, what am I going to do for two hours while I'm sitting here like an idiot waiting for my dinner? I took a shower. Do you, do you snack uh, or anything? No, because I will not. To... No, 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 I will so not you snack. Get more and more grouchy. <laughs> I got this rule. That actually, Dr. Regis put me on. I said, no snacking between meals. Zero snacking okay. allowed. And so I eat my breakfast. I have lunch. And now I eat a very small lunch and a, and a dinner. And I'll eat what I want, but no, never between meals. But by, by 3 p.m., I'm hungry. <laughs> but my wife says, look, we're going out with another couple. They want to eat at 7.30. And they compromise by 7 o'clock because they know you eat at 5. I go, why is it always my fault? I said, you eat, you want to sometimes eat at 4.30. Everyone acts like I'm the fucker who wants to eat. I said, honey, you tell them you want to eat early. She goes, no, we have to join the rest of the world. And we yeah, have to eat. She wants to be flexible. Yeah. And she was excited to go out to dinner because she got all dolled up. And, you know, she loves to put on a nice outfit. And, you know, we, and she looked yeah. great. But I'm sitting there like Mr. Miserable. I'm looking <laughs> at my watch. I'm like, oh, God, I got to wait till fuck. And the restaurant was near our house. So, like, you know, 10 to quarter to 7. I wanted to leave at 630, hoping maybe we'd get there early and <laughs> get either early. Start things up. <laughs> oh, and I'm, I've, I've turned into my parents because... As soon as we sit down at the restaurant, they're all having drinks. I don't drink. I know I'm a party. You, you're fantasizing what it must be like to be with me. It's, 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 it's unbelievably great. Everyone's having cocktails and I'm like, yeah, just, I'll have some Perrier. And I go, can we see the menus? I just want to study the menu. I just wanted to get everyone ordering as quick as possible. And none of them are looking at their menus, right. including my wife. And I immediately pick up the menu and I'm like, oh, halibut. <laughs> I try to I go, honey, my father loved halibut. Oh, my goodness. And like, and like no one's even looking. And so I'm studying the menu. I knew exactly what I was getting. I got halibut. I got a little like a zucchini lasagna, like as an appetizer. And I'm also, I knew right away what I wanted. You knew and everything I see, you were going to order. Uh, oh, yes. Immediately. <laughs> because you know what happens? Then the waiter comes over and then everyone goes, oh, can we just have a few minutes? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no few minutes. You've had five, ten minutes. Can everyone? I just wanted to say to everyone, can everyone take a minute of silence before we start talking and study the menu? Oh, okay. <laughs> if you had I, done that. I know. I didn't. I didn't. But now I can't even concentrate on what people are saying because my brain is just like, please, everybody, just fucking look at the menu. Please, please, please. And it's another couple sitting there and my wife's engaged with them and, and talking and I'm, and I look like I'm engaged, but I'm really not. I'm thinking, oh, I just want to order. If we could just put in the order because we won't eat till 730. Then the waitress came over. None of them have looked at the, and like, it, they've drunk, they've been drinking now for like 10 minutes and I don't drink. <laughs> and I, I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden the waitress came over and she, and she's standing there. No one's even paying attention to her. And I go, Oh, look who's here. The waitress. <laughs> and I, I go, Oh, 
And she goes, um, would you like to order? I'm like, thank God. And then all everyone goes, oh, I haven't even looked at the menu. I go, I have looked at the menu. Why don't you all look at the menu and I'll order first. While I'm ordering, you can decide what you want. And so immediately I went, give me the zucchini lasagna. I'll have halibut and a side of Brussels sprouts. And that takes all of five seconds. Right. They don't have any time to make. They haven't decision. even opened up. They, they haven't. <laughs> and then, um, and then, uh, and then the waitress goes, and of course there are specials. I'm like, oh, <laughs> and my wife goes, oh, can you tell us the specials? I go, honey, the specials are written down right here. And I hand everyone you the card with the specials. You are dad. Oh, well, my because God. I, I, it's like, no, no. If everyone had studied ahead of time, we would have been had this confusion. And I know what's going to happen. The waitress is going to walk away, even though I've ordered. Yes. And I'm going to go, can you put my order in? Why do I have to be penalized if these people aren't ready? I mean, I can't take it. I can't. I can't take it. I'm not built for this world. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm not. I'm not meant. But, but uh, evidently, no one caught on because my my wife even said, "Oh, you were pleasant, you know, you know." In other words, she's oh, not used to me. Yeah, yeah. They didn't notice. They didn't notice. I have I have a game face now, and uh, <laughs> and so the the and the restaurant is you know crowded and everything, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh, I know I'm getting COVID. I'm getting COVID right now. I feel the germs." So there's this inner dialogue going on, even when I was at, K, uh, at whatever station we work at now, serious. The other day, and uh, and the other place, uh, this uh, this event, this uh, everyone what was it an auditorium, a ballroom? Where uh, were someone you? someone walked into my? I don't know where I was. There's something called the shed. <laughs> that's another thing. I, okay. I I get there. I go the shed. I go. That sounds like a place on a farm where people uh, mutilate other people. The shed. Oh, where am I? The shed. We're at the shed. Everyone's like, oh, we're having the event at the shed. I go. What the fuck is the shed? Anyway, uh, it was fucking crazy. I'm sitting there and I realized my whole time I'm consumed with when am I going to get the COVID? And then someone came in. One of the big, big hotshot executives came in to see me, shook my hand. Oh, and then I wanted to, you know, put my, 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 um, Your my gel. hand cleanser, my gel on, but I didn't want to insult. I said, I hope I remember not to touch my face until after this person leaves. Yeah. And sure enough, I think I rubbed my face with the germs on my hand. Uh, I mean, don't ask. Now, now, whenever I'm around people, I feel sick. I, I come home from the event. I said to my wife, I think I have COVID. I feel it already. She goes, you couldn't possibly get COVID that fast. I said, it's, it's, it's super active in me. You're too uh, funny. Yeah, but this is, why, this is why I'm neurotic. And I even said to the psychiatrist, you got to help me. Well, I went do. to this restaurant this weekend, and I was like, this is Howard's dream. Because it's, first of all, we got there around 5, five to 5.30. Oh. Why didn't you call me? I would have been there. Five <laughs> o'clock, you're my kind of person. <laughs> and then we had theater tickets. So oh. Oh. we had said that to the <laughs> restaurant. And oh, they, they were meticulous, keeping us on time. It was like, you should order now because you have, oh, we have to get you out of here. I should have said we have theater tickets. <laughs> I should have let you. That's what I'm going to do. Next time I have dinner plans, I'm just going to go over to the uh, waiter and go, 
I, I, they don't want to say anything, but we have theater tickets. If you can move this along. <laughs> and they uh, got us out of there. Wow. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, I realize I'm nuts, but yeah, so I, listen, I just want to announce to my audience, I'm out and about, I'm doing my thing, uh, even though I'm, you know, cuckoo, I'm, I'm back with the real world. I just want people to know that I'm not. Uh, well, I have to confess because we talked mm. and I told you I went to two Broadway shows this weekend as you well told me one. as to no, I, I, oh, I even lied to you. And you lied to me. One. I call up Robin. I go, because, you know, listen, Robin, you know, everyone knows her medical history. Robin's got the cancer and she does have to be, she's immunosuppressed. You know what I mean? So she's got to be, she still has to be careful. So she broke the news to me. I'm in Manhattan. I'm going to dinner with these friends. You know, she always, she sounds like she's angry with these friends. These friends. And, uh, now, like you interpret and, that. Yeah, I know. It's the way you are. And then, uh, and I go, what friends? She goes, oh, these friends. And then I'm going to theater. And I was like, and you're wearing a mask in the theater, right? And Robin said to me, yes, of course I'm going to wear a mask in the theater. So I was pleased with that. And she told me she'd be going to a restaurant where there's nobody. I go, that's some restaurant. Must be the shittiest restaurant on the planet. <laughs> no, this with... restaurant was amazing. It was just uh, yeah. the hour that we went. So what are you confessing to me? That you went to two theaters? Well, first of all, I went to two theaters. Yeah. I completely forgot about a mask. Oh, boy. Well, you look so sick already. So then I went to a drugstore and bought masks because I hadn't uh -huh. brought anything with me. And then oh, I go God. to the second, you know, the second meal. First I had brunch. Then later on I had dinner at a restaurant. And I was talking to you on the phone as I went to the car, mm. and I forgot yeah. to bring the mask. Uh, so it's my fault. So, so yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll do what you want, Robin. I've given up on you. You don't listen to anything. You're you're so unbelievable. These two full theaters, and the woman next to me during Coughing. part of the show. No, she didn't cough, but all of a sudden, I wa I looked at her. Because she had talked to me for a little bit before yeah. the show. And then the show starts, and all of a sudden she's got her head down, and she's telling the person she came with she doesn't feel well. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. And you this know, went on for most uh, of the show. Oh, my God. I'm sure you couldn't even pay attention to this show. You're busy watching this no, woman. I was watching her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You know, why do I work so hard to keep you alive? And then you go out and fuck it all up. What's the matter with you? I would have. Oh, my God. Don't even tell me this. You're out of your mind. <laughs> Uh, Anthony's on from New Jersey. What up, Anthony? Hey, what up, Howard? First time, long time. Hey, Robin. Nice. Hi. Hey, uh, quick question. You were talking about K-Rock. I wanted to ask if you remember, back when you were at K-Rock, across from you, there was a Hispanic radio station, um, and they had a show, and it was pretty popular back in the day. You guys were going, like, neck and neck in ratings. Uh, there was one year they went second, and you invited them on the show. And you uh, interviewed them. And then at the end of the interview, uh, you were like, yeah, you guys are doing pretty great things. But you'll always be second. And I'll be first. And I'm calling because my dad, he was a producer of that show. We're huge fans. I mean, my dad's been listening to you since day one. And then I started listening to you, like, when I was, like, 16. And 
They always have. I'll tell you what, Anthony. That. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember. I know that we had a sister station, that an AM station that was Spanish, and we used to have the morning guy on all the time. But uh, I don't know. I, you know what? It's all a blur. And uh, I used to have the guy on because I was fascinated. He named his kid Howard, but he couldn't pronounce it. He used to say, "I named my son Our Our," <laughs> and I go, "Dude." You named your son Howard and you can't pronounce it? That doesn't make any sense. He goes, no, I pronounce it fine. Hour. Hour. I go, you're saying hour. Like, what hour is it? <laughs> I was, I was like, I was flabbergasted. Nice guy, too. I wonder what ever happened to him. Beautiful voice. This guy would yeah, come on. He had on. one of those deep, mellifluous yeah. voices. Yeah, yeah, I don't know oh. if I'm allowed to say the name of the show. Go ahead. It was uh, it was called El Vacilón de la Mañana. It was like a really hit show back then, and hmm. you know they're all huge fans of you, so they always they always you know they always know they say all the time that you're the greatest. So they always say you know they'll never forget that time when cool. Um, it was at the end of the interview. You said, "Yeah, you always be second. The next year they got like first, but yeah, it was good. Bullshit! Cool. I never lost. Uh, <laughs> I that, don't don't even spread that lie. We were number one for like. Holy shit, come on. We were unstoppable in New York. Fuck. We had the number one show every rating period. You were number one. Your father's feeding you a load of shit. I'm your father. Never and don't forget. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know if maybe the guys remember, but yeah, there was they were they were a pretty hit show back then and they it they're always really? controversial. People say that between yeah, between uh you guys and them, it was always controversial. The was, guy uh, Well, Hold it a second. Then I, well, I won't get into it, but the guy we knew, his name was Rafael pa Panera. Is that the guy? Pinera. No. Rafael no. Yeah. Pinera. There was, there was a head guy on this show. His name was Luis Jimenez. Uh, oh, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. My dad was the producer for that show and, and they were, they went on a pretty good run. Nice. Um, All right. Well, Anthony, yeah, thank you for the call. I mean, what, what, what do I give a shit? All right. Guy's telling us the his father was uh, on a, a Hispanic radio so or producer of a Hispanic radio station that did very well in the ratings. There you go. Well, Hispanic radio did do well in the ratings when radio was king. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does very. Excuse me. Oh, look who it is. The woman who sat next to Robin at the theater. How are you, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Ma'am, uh, uh, you okay? I mean, Robin sat next to you without a mask, I take it, because it was my fault she didn't bring a mask. <laughs> yes. Yes. Are you, are you, are you, you're so sick. Are, are you feeling any better? Yes. Oh. This is better? <laughs> oh, she was much worse when she sat next to you. She was, uh, yeah, she was very contagious. Were you, Robin, uh, concerned that she had some sort of COVID or some kind of... Uh... I, I was no. trying to diagnose her, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, thank you, ma'am. I was trying to hear what she was saying to her friend to see if I could tell what was wrong with her. She was saying, and thank I couldn't. God. She said, thank God no one sitting near us has cancer because they would be immunocompromised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, laugh it up. Look, I told. What did I tell you? You have to live your life. Oh yeah, we'll see. 
What's the good of being safe and not really living? Ma'am, did you cough all over Robin? <laughs> did you also shit your pants at the theater? <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. That's awful. Yeah, at one point, I thought she was going to get up and leave, but she stayed. Ma'am, did no. you actually, did, did a little piece of duty fall on Robin's foot? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> really? <laughs> Were you so embarrassed in the theater that uh, when you shit your pants, you ate your own shit so no one would see it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you in- Do you go to the theater with the intention of getting people with cancer sick? that's what i thought you knew you'd be sitting next to robin you know she's immunocompromised and you went to the theater fully knowing that you were going to get her sick isn't that correct yes sir and was there at any time was there blood in your feces yes okay right are you the most contagious person there ever was? <laughs> By the way, spe- all right, thank you, ma'am. By the way, speaking of Wendy, when Wendy recently was talking to Wolfie, and uh-huh. Wendy coughed and farted at the same time. Wolfie wow. said it was fucking insane. Hey, Wolfie, wow. were you taping during that? Were you, were you able to pick that up on tape, or, or is that just something you observed? It is definitely on tape. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Can you play it for us, or uh, you don't have it with you? It, it's coming up. It's in. A, it's in. A, it's in a bigger piece, so you'll you'll hear it. Oh, it's part of a, an entire composition. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I should. Uh, well, I got Wolfie here. Let me think. Wolfie did some weird shit. He was at a dominatrix dinner party, but I was going to do the gathering a of the dominatrix juggalos. dinner party. Yeah. Did you do a gathering <laughs> of the juggalos, Wolfie? Was that your bit? Uh, I was I was a part of it. It was uh, JD did, did a lot of it. I I spoke to a couple of the uh, ICP guys though. I just like giving it. I love uh, Insane Clown Posse. Those two dudes. It's two dudes who rap. They're two guys who wear clown makeup. Woo woo! And I I just I love having them on, and I love treating them like they're the Beatles. Like I, I try to make them the most important musical acts in ever in the history of music. I just love it. But I can't you were believe the one. they've kept this going so long. Yeah, it's still going on. And Wolfie, you interviewed Violin J, and I thought the interview was really good. I'm, I'm going to play it for everyone right now. I, I think this is worth playing. He's so compelling. That that guy just so entertaining. Everything that he says. I know. I love him. I, I think <laughs> what I love about Violin J and and Shaggy Two Dope is that like they don't have a care in the world like they're just going through life and everything is awesome and and they, <laughs> and they do all kinds of fucked up shit and nothing phases them and and they, and they have like a following that is almost a cult you know what i mean yes yes yeah it's it's a fascinating thing the juggalos the fans the the, the insane clown posse's fans are called juggalos i i forget what why are they called juggalos wolfie it was a uh, it was a lyric in one of their songs, but but they didn't even kind of promote it like this is what our followers should be. The the fans of the show adopted that word and that just named themselves that. It wasn't even intentional. 
And their fans are like, you know, at the end of the movie, The Joker, which is such a great movie, and then everyone's wearing Joker masks and Joker makeup, and like they they all follow the Joker, and there's mayhem all over Gotham City. It's like the Juggalos are like that. Like they just go out and and they they love mayhem and and nonsense. It's so fucking unbelievable. It is so hardcore too. You know, every summer there's Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, Governor's Ball. But the gathering of the Juggalos is still there and going in full force. Yeah. Anyway, uh, for those of you who don't know Insane Clown Posse, let me start off this little bit with uh, a little bit of their... My ex is my party, and when I wind him back, me and my ex will get your forehead a butt crack. Yeah, this is a song about um, my ex is my buddy. And they ain't talking about a guitar. They're talking about uh, literally an axe. An axe. <laughs> their, their logo my, is the axe man. That That's right. their logo. My axe is my buddy. And when I wind him back, me and my axe will give you your forehead a butt crack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. My axe is my body. I never leave without him. Uh, me and my axe will leave your neck a bloody fountain. Chip, chip, chip. I mean, it's hardcore. They're talking about murder. Well, it's like they, you know, are a musical horror film. Yeah. Anyway, to give you a sense of how wild the gathering can be, we sent our producer, Wolfie, to the event a few years ago. And he asked the Juggalos about some of the craziest things they'd seen there. And they seen some crazy shit at the gathering. What's the craziest thing that you've seen so far at the gathering? This year? Yeah, some dude stapled his nuts to his leg this year. But yeah, previous years I've seen people cut, some dude cut his nipple off. What is the craziest thing you've ever seen at the gathering? I've seen a girl get fisted in her vagina with a handful of glow sticks. How many glow sticks went into her vagina? Probably like a good six to 12, dude. It was gnarly. What's the grossest thing you've ever seen an ICP fan do? Um, kill somebody. You saw an ICP fan kill someone? At, at the gathering. They killed somebody at the gathering one time. How did they kill this fan at the gathering? Um, sliced them up and throw them in the river. I don't know what they got out of it. It's just like, I guess they wanted to do it for fun. How many people do you know of that have been killed at the gathering? Uh, quite a few. Oh, I don't believe that That's for a minute. That's ridiculous. That's like I don't even believe legend. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I saw nine guys eat nine other guys at the gathering. I don't even, I don't even believe the glow stick story. I know Vi- <laughs> well, Violent, J, Violent J told me that they don't even like try to control their fans because when they no. do, the, the, the fans riot and like would attack them. So they just let them do whatever they want to do. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure if guys were dying there, it would be shut down. I, let's, oh, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But okay. But it's some crazy stuff goes on there. Um, anyway, so at the gathering every year, Insane Clown Posse, of course, are the headliners. That's who everyone goes to see. But it gets nuts before they even go on stage. This year, one of the opening acts was a rapper named Face Tat Mammy. Mommy. What? Mommy, but it's spelled M-A-M-I. Mammy. Yes. She says mommy. <laughs> so, hey, J.D., is Face Tat Mommy full of face tats? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it, are there so many face tats that is she... Is she like like covered in them to the point that you can't even see her face? Kinda, yeah. She you you can like make out a hint of what her face looks like, but yeah, there are so many tattoos on her face now. It's it's uh, that's all you see. 
She, I'm thinking of getting multiple face tats to hide what's going on <laughs> on my face. They'll certainly distract from, uh, from things. what? Well, JB? From I don't know. <laughs> what do you say? Right, keep your mouth shut. Because right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get her on a Tuchus track. Um, anyway, she opened up her set by rapping about guys with small dicks. I mean, she went, wow. she went all out. Here, here is, uh, here's a face tat ma- mommy. It's like she's it's like she's looking right through my underwear. I went out with a girl who sang this to me. I don't want to tell you this. I'm her muse. I could have written that. You know, I'm just sitting there thinking, you can't object to this song. No. Because you can't. then they'll think you got a small <laughs> No, when I when I go to the gathering, I'm like, hey, I feel bad for some dude with a small cock right now. I have no idea what that's about. I can't relate to this song at all. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> cut my tits off. Uh anyway. Never tell the juggalos. To stop doing something. You were there, huh? JD, you covered this. I can't believe you were there. No, I, I did not go. I saw, I went through oh. a lot of social media and YouTube videos. Um, smart. That is yeah, not, they would have beaten you up. I got, I'm pretty sure they might have killed you. <laughs> they would eat him alive. <laughs> yeah. We have to report JD missing. He went to yeah. the juggalo, the gathering of the juggalos. We haven't seen him since. So like I said, never tell the juggalos to, to, to stop doing something that you don't like. So there's a rapper named Riff Raff, and he was performing. And the Juggalos, of course, kept throwing bottles and other items at the stage, which is what they like to do. <laughs> so Riff Raff, he, he asked the audience to stop. And you can imagine what happens when he starts begging them to stop. That, that ain't, that's it. You're fucked. They, I mean, they're not going to stop. <laughs> Yo, 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 you're hitting the equipment up here with shit, guys. Hey, man. I see you. You're on the phone, guys. You're on our phone with y'all, guys. You fucked up. You fucked up. You fucked up. Man, this is a no fuck. Play, play more music. Fuck it. Just keep playing. Fuck it, man. Fuck it. Y'all turn it back up. Come on, fuck it. Go, go. Fuck it. Keep going. Fuck it. Fuck up y'all people's stage. I don't know fuck. Oh, damn. You just hit scared. Fuck it. Turn the music back up. Go ahead. <laughs> you got to know what you're doing. He got pelted real bad right after that, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was so much. Th- they were starting to throw so much stuff that 
there's a curtain that, you know, from on the stage, he walked behind the curtain and rapped from behind the curtain. <laughs> he he went behind a curtain. Oh, yes. What happens when you get invited to the gathering of the juggalos? Like you're a band and you're trying you gotta, to make your way in the world. You got to understand. You can't tell the juggalos anything. You got to just go up and do your thing. That's that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Remember, like, who was that uh, girl that went up that one year? She got like really. Uh, oh, Tila Tequila. Yeah. Oh, she, because she, I think she I don't know what happened, but she well, had a hard time. If if the juggalos feel you're like a poser or not somehow like in their mindset, they will go against you. No problem. <laughs> Howard, Howard, Tequila Tequila, I'll never forget. They threw balloons filled with urine at her. Oh, that's oh. horrible. That's terrible. Well, anyway. How were they ready? I mean, my <laughs> yeah, how do you know how to do that? <laughs> a big event at the gathering is the Miss Juggalette contest. Ah. And that's like the, the centerpiece of the thing. It's basically one of the female juggalos is crowned. You know, it's a beauty pageant for juggalos. Yes. So during the talent portion, the, the woman danced. The, the women will dance. They'll sing. They'll rap. And then. The guys in the audience who are like judging, they just start screaming, show us your butthole. They don't even like when people try to have a talent. Here's the guys reacting to someone trying to show off their talent. Beauty pageant is to show your butthole. It it, it really is. Uh, By the know. way, don't don't even make fun guy, of it. One of the guys had a megaphone. Like yeah. he's well, gonna make sure you hear. Apparently, show us your butthole. He's a head from, juggalo. From what I saw, <laughs> from what I could gather from some of these like juggalo fan videos, that that was a uh, bit of a problem this year. A lot of people had uh, the megaphones Megaphones. and would not stop <laughs> stop screaming in them. Yeah, and you and can't no, tell them not to. There's no security at, at any of these gatherings. It's just like an open, muddy field. No police around. It's just all these crazy fans. So they can do whatever the hell well, they want. Miss Juggalette is a huge launching pad career-wise. You know, uh, uh, Chief Justice Sonia Sotomayor was once uh, Miss Juggalette. I don't know if you know that. Anyway. Oh, so here's the great part. So Violent J... Of course, uh, the great Violent J, who we know from many time, many appearances here on the show. He now has a much younger girlfriend named Sarah Rusi. Really? And Sarah has an OnlyFans. Yeah, she has an OnlyFans. Because uh, I know you're curious about those guys like I am. I mean, I just, I'm yeah, always I fascinated by those guys. he had a wife and kids at one time. I don't know. But Sarah has an <laughs> OnlyFans and Violent, Violent J is supportive of it. They did a web video for the YouTube channel, Love Don't Judge, talking about how they met. So here's Violent J with his uh, girlfriend that he met when he was scrolling through the hotties <laughs> on social media. Here you go. Okay. My name is Sarah Rusi, and I'm 30 years old. My name is Violent J, and I'm 32. 
I'm 51. I may or may not have daddy issues. I was on Instagram flipping through, and I would see all these hotties. Every time I saw a hottie, I'd hit follow. I was single in my life, you know what I'm saying? I'm just looking at hotties all day. She was like one of my top two favorite hotties. Anyway, so one day I sent her an email thing. DM, is that what it is? Yeah. I wasn't even following him, but I saw the blue check mark, and that kind of caught my attention. <laughs> that blue check mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she, I like, I like her because she's on. She's like, hey, I wasn't really that interested in him, but I saw a blue check mark. I figured he's famous. So <laughs> that blue check mark um, is a yeah. woman magnet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they have a twenty-eight year age gap, but you know, so what? Uh, according to Violent J, it's a good thing. So Wolfie became fascinated by this. Wolfie is our correspondent, and he scored an exclusive interview with Violent J and Sarah. Okay. So uh, we feel pretty honored by that. Violent J told Wolfie some of the ideas he suggested to Sarah to do on her OnlyFans. This is a part oh, of the exclusive. He, he I'm constantly giving. Wow. I'm constantly giving. I'm constantly fucking ideas. And when <laughs> I go to Instagram and I see how he's doing you say? some dope shit that's. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, wait. What's going on here? <laughs> What's going on? Is somebody hitting a button or something? Oh All right, my let me goodness. do this. Violent J. Here he is. I'm constantly giving her fucking ideas. And when I go through Instagram and I, and I see Hottie's doing some dope shit that's unique, you know, I'm sending her the ideas. Like, I've never seen this. Do this. Do this. You know what give, I'm saying? Give me like three solid examples of content suggestions you've given Sarah. Okay, the, okay, the hotties at the gas, and this was a nasty girl doing this. Imagine Sarah doing it, right? The hotties at the gas station, and she's got like cutoffs, um, uh, uh, Daisy Dukes on, right? And, um, she's trying to put the gas in the fucking thing, and it's not going in the car, you know? So she takes it out, spits on it. <laughs> and then when she bends over to put it in, she bends over to camp, ass at the camera, and then puts it in, you know? That was funny. I was like, that's a great little clip. <laughs> See, Violent J, he knows what she should be doing on her OnlyFans. I'm glad. I hope she understood because I really didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, Wolfie, what exactly is Violent J suggesting his girlfriend do on OnlyFans? I, I think he just sees like hot girls doing stuff, and then he tries to get her to do it. Like I don't even know what that example <laughs> even was. But that, I think that... I, I think he saw some hot girl putting gas in a car and putting their ass, you know, towards the yeah. camera. That sort of uh, that oh, sort of okay. Thing. Well, it, that seems pretty tame for OnlyFans. And Violent J has rules for Sarah's OnlyFans account. So here it is. Okay. Jay, have you made it? Have you made any rules in regards to Sarah doing OnlyFans? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what what rules have you set up, Jay? Oh, I, oh my God, I stopped a lot because before I was doing like the dick ratings, video calls, one on one. That was like the first thing he told me. Fuck, he was fuck, 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 uncomfortable. Just stop. What? Just stop dick ratings. <laughs> she, I, yeah, do, did I have a problem with her dick rating? Hmm. Custom videos, like they wanted me to like write a dildo, say their name and stuff like that. I haven't done any of that. Um, I told her one of my haters could call up and yeah. order that shit and then post it. You know what I mean? Here goes Jay's woman screaming my my band's name or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you damn right, I got a problem with that. 
I'm always fascinated by their lives, Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope. I'm just fascinated. I live I, such I a normal, boring life. Who would think these things? Yeah. Hey, listen, he's right. He's, uh, you know, any fucking uh, wants to want to fuck with him and her could order a video and uh, publicize the video. Yeah, but, I mean, just his life is so, is so, is so out there. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm always fascinated by people who I feel are out of control. You know what I mean? I'm so controlled. <laughs> How it's the heart. So listen, you're in the heart of COVID. Yeah. Vi- Violent J was having concerts in his living room, like in his house, like 50 jugglers. Like imagine that in the heart of COVID. He, it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> you mean he'd invite his fans over to the house and he would do a concert? Every week, every week. I mean, l- the living room. How like people many people? Si- I, I, it had to be 50, 60. I mean, you, you, you wow. didn't see any space. It was just like clowns sitting on his couches, clowns <laughs> on his, his end tables. The whole, the whole house was back. See, that's what I love. Like, that's thinking outside the box. Like, he just, like, he'll, he'll put a concert on in his house and he doesn't care yep. who the fuck shows up. <laughs> I mean, he's like, uh, he's just out of control. Was Shaggy too dope there too? Yeah, they they both performed. It was like weekly concerts <laughs> in, in, in their homes. <laughs> anyway, Violent J, this is going back to Wolfie's interview. Violent J still hadn't told Sarah he loved her when Wolfie spoke to them. He also called her a star chaser. You know, basically calling his girlfriend a star. <laughs> yeah, listen to this. This is great. Jay, have you told Sarah that you love her yet? Mm-mm. No, love, not love like that yet. We're both afraid of that word. We've been through it, you know. I have a pretty great girlfriend, though. Like she's a great girlfriend. She's she's uh, everything's there, but there's just those awkward things, you know, like that are just you know in the beginning I thought they were cool, but they're just weird. He doesn't like some of my past relationships. I mean, you can tell him if you want to. She's a star chaser, bro. I listen to her, her, her past boyfriends is the fucking D list actor hall of fame. <laughs> listen to this shit. All right. What's that guy, Mason? What's his name? Mason Reese. Okay. That guy, right? <laughs> Todd fucking Bridges. <laughs> Willis. From different yes. strokes. Different strokes. Uh, she said his strokes were different in a nice way. She told me that. No, I didn't. You told your friend that in front of me. Fucking. <laughs> Some guy, when she met him, he was an instant influencer. You know what I'm saying? On TikTok, he had all kind of fucking millions of TikToks. Then, fucking, she she made out intimately with Johnny Fairplay. <laughs> I told you the D list fucking Hall of Fame, and now I'm on that fucking list. I love this guy. I do love this guy. He goes, wait a second. She she was with um. Uh, the, the Willis from uh, Different Strokes, Johnny Todd Fairplay Bridges. from Survivor, yeah. Todd Bridge, and Mason Reese. And he goes, <laughs> yeah. he goes, he goes, they're all D-list. And he goes, and I'm D-list. <laughs> yeah, I'm D-list. I've been yeah. demoted. <laughs> uh, Violent J- Here's one more clip. Violent J and Sarah seem happy, but there's one major issue. Violent J <laughs> is dying to have threesomes with Sarah. It came up a few times during the interview, so here's a montage of... Uh, Violent J desperately trying to bring up threesomes. What are the things that you and Sarah typically talk about? What are we talk about? Uh, me trying to talk her into three ways is a pretty big conversation we have. <laughs> How dumb is that, bro? She can go fuck all kind of hotties and call them collaborations for work, and I can't go fuck hotties 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm on three-way. I'm like, she's on sleeping with hotties for for her c- career. Bring one home every once in a while. She don't can't probably explain psychologically why that's her fucking fetish. Well, I want a three-way. That's my fetish. I love three-ways. And she's fetish-shaming me, no, bro. No, I never have, like, a problem with that. I just don't like how you always bring it up. Because it never happens. Throw me one. I'll never say nothing again for another nine months. <laughs> That's literally it. The only thing I don't have in my life is three ways, you know? And I don't want to romance that chick. You know what I'm saying? But I want me and Sarah to turn her out. And I also think that if she could jump in my body, right? If she could jump in my body and become me and see the way that I actually feel about the three way. You know what I'm saying? She would realize that that third girl, with no disrespect, is a lot like a sex toy. And she told me she could let me hit it in the butt on my birthday, and that didn't fucking happen either. I'm sorry. Let's keep it real. He's got a big dick. (laughs) So he wants to put it in her ass, and uh, he's got a big dick, and she doesn't want it. and she won't bring home the girls she gets with. The highly three ways. Yeah. I just love that. I love listening to that guy. I don't know. He just, he does it for me. It's, Why does he put up with it? Why does, you know, he, Why? he's she, she must be hot. That, that yeah. interview tur- turned into a therapy session. They started like fighting for like, like 20 minutes and I'm just sitting there. They're just, they're just arguing back and forth about three ways. Wow. They're pretty good. How's his how's his place? Is it like a like he is a rock star? Does he have like a big place that he uh, is that where you interviewed him at his house? No, nah, that was that uh, they were in a hotel room for that one. But yeah, it oh. looks like he's. I've seen his home on online. It looks like he's a decent house. Yeah, I think it's like in Detroit yeah. or something. So yeah, yep. What are you trying to say? Well, it's, gee, it's not like New York or you know where you, you can get a, a mansion apartment. in Detroit for not much. I mean, money. yeah, pretty much. Daddy Warbucks over here. I lived in Detroit. It was there's some really nice, you know. He doesn't live in downtown Detroit, does he? No, it's so. probably some <laughs> suburb or something. Yeah, he's probably in the suburb. I lived in the suburbs of Detroit. It was nice. Just imagine go. though, even in the suburbs, if like fifty or sixty people are coming over every oh, week for a crazy. concert, <laughs> that's crazy. You know what? That's a way to beat all those venue costs. Like you just do it right in your house. <laughs> I should do that. Just have a, you know, set up a band and uh, play. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's funny. Good job, Wolfie, JD. Nice job there. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Good job, yeah, Wolfie. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, JD. You did great, too. They're still keeping it real. Keeping it real. Yeah, they sure are. Um, I should probably do the fan mail here. I see. I didn't realize how late it was in the morning. Let me take a couple of calls, too, while I'm getting that together. Uh, let's go to Paul. Paul, you're on in California. What up? Hey, now. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, Paul. Hey, good morning, Howard. Um, I wanted to know, because um, I know you're all into a transcendental meditation. Um, how'd you start it? And, like, um, I'm really interested in getting involved and, like, learning more about it, but I don't know the first thing about it. Sorry, I'm like half awake. Yeah, I, I, I should do the abbreviate. I would love to answer your question, Paul. I've done this a lot of times on the air, answered that question. But the basic information is I was in, uh, my mother was a very depressed woman. 
to say the well, least. Well, you know, I, that part, that part I remember, but like, um, more or less like, like as far as learning how to do it, your mom showed you or did you go to a, Oh uh, no, I, no, my mom dragged me to a TM center cause I was like, Oh, but, but I have to admit my mom really had a major change. Like I, like she was so fucking depressed. And then I saw her, I came home from college on a, like a Christmas break and she was all happy. I was like, what the fuck is she on now? And, uh, <laughs> she goes, Oh, I did, uh, Cause for a while we had her hopped up on Valium or some kind of drug and she was downright mm. pleasant. And then, um, all of a sudden she'd gone off it, which kind of sucked because she got so hopped up on the Valium that she went out and got a job. It was crazy. Like I was like, wow, this is so great. I'm a senior in high school. My mother's not home. I, and I drive home, you know, for a break, get high and go yeah. back to school. So my mom was getting high on the Valium. I was getting high in my garage. It was awesome. It was just a, a lot of good times. And uh, that was a good period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, what a great what a great moment. But anyway, I go off to I let me tell you. I go off to college and my mother's a happy lady, no Valium, nothing. Started doing transcendental meditation. My old man started doing it. He seemed kind of mellow. And, uh, I, it's my mom says, please let me take you, which was yeah. so annoying because my mom, even to this day, when I go and see her, do you remember I took you to the transcendental meditation center and every teacher there who teaches transcendental meditation <laughs> said, Oh, your son is bringing you to learn to meditate. And I said, no, no, no. Mother bringing son to the transcendental meditation. They had never seen it before. Never had they seen the mother bring the son. And I told you, you're learning to meditate. It <laughs> saved me, and now it's going to save you. <laughs> and your father said he wasn't going to learn. And I said to him, the first time I ever did this, I said to him, good, I'll go myself. Well. He heard I'm going myself, and he said he's going with me to the Transcendental Meditation Center. I went to see what they were doing. That's right. He went to see what was going on, and he started to meditate, too. I do it now. I do it. And you should do it. So I went. And, uh, yeah, Paul, I went. And uh, I've been doing it since I'm 18 years old. And it does. It, 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 I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm just trying to shake this depression off right now. No, no. I just wanted Take to it. try it. Give it, give yeah. it a shot. Do it two times Call a day. Call, Call the center. center. Go ahead. I'll give a free commercial. Transcendental meditation. I love it. All right. Thank All you right. guys. All right. You, Good luck with that. Bye. Good luck with that depression, bro. Okay. That's a nasty and thing, that depression. Read about it. You need to go to a center and have your to it. He needs to meditate.
Believe does she still me. meditate now, uh, or is that not a possibility? Uh, she does. She does. Yes, she yeah? does. Yeah. She's laying there in that bed. I, I think all she does is meditate all day. That's her big activity. <laughs> uh, I, I asked her that the other day. I go, Mom, do you still meditate? Oh, yes. But, she, you know, she was like an advanced meditator, TMC. Yeah, program. Yeah, yeah. I can't do everything I want to do, but I do meditate, of course. I just wonder, because she has been going through a depression and, yeah, you know, yeah, having just, some issues, but... Yeah, well, I took care of that. I upped the morphine and uh, some other <laughs> happy drugs that I was in consultation with the people so treating her, and I, I said, look, plus. I said, the woman's 96 years old, give her whatever she needs, Christ's sake, let's take her out of the misery. They do, they do a great job. I tell you what, if I made it to 96, fucking load me up with morphine. Oh, wow. Well, I don't want any problems. I don't want to feel anything. I don't want to feel any pain. Well, let's hope you're not in, in any pain. How about oh, that? Oh, I will be. I'll, I'm already in pain. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm already complaining about pain. Uh, I can't tell if my mother's in emotional pain or physical pain, but she says, you ask, I go, Mom, where's this pain? It's everywhere. I go, but can you tell me, is it in your foot? Is it in your stomach? It's everywhere. I have pain everywhere. I'm like, all right, I'll call, uh, I'll call your doctor. They don't help. I go, they're helping you. Believe me, they are. No one cares. I care, mom. I speak to your father every day. Yeah, what does he have to? Oh, yeah, yeah. She claims that he comes to her bed and speaks to her. Wow. And I go, good. Better you than me. <laughs> you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> you tell him to stay right there in your bed. <laughs> I don't need him yelling at me. I had enough of that. Oh, my goodness. I only feel pain and misery. How is your day? What does your father talk to her about? Have you ever asked? <laughs> she tells him stuff. Whatever. I'm oh. like thrilled. I'm so happy he's there. Okay. Great. So evidently, uh, he's hanging out with her. I don't have to worry. Oh, I see your father every day. Wow. Yeah. So pleasant. <laughs> Did dad say anything about me? Oh, yes. He called you a moron. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. I, I just want to make no, sure. I he was didn't... hoping maybe he had changed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe he got some wisdom now that he's, you know, right. dead. <laughs> no, no, no. He said you're an idiot and a moron. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Told you not to be stupid. <laughs> oh, good. Because I forgot. I started being stupid. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I was over there, and we were trying to buy her shoes online. She has these shoes she liked, but uh-huh. forget about it. Beth took a stab at it, and it didn't work out. These are made of leather. I didn't want I want suede. All right, well, we tried. Can you get her to the store? No. She goes, I'll have to go to the shoe store. I go, okay, we'll take you. Well, I'm not going to the shoe store. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. I, I was like, okay, well, let's go to the shoe store. No, I'm not going there. 
Oh, it's so depressing because the windows are shut. My mom used to love to open the windows and get fresh yeah. air. She'd, she'd yell, Luft. She, I want Luft. Luft. Luft means air in German. I want Luft. I go, well, what happened to you? You used to love Luft. I don't love Luft anymore. <laughs> what does Luft do to her now? I don't know. I don't know. She doesn't want any light in the apartment. You go, the windows are all shut. Beth goes, it's so depressing. I go, I know. She won't open a window. She won't even like, like you know, she has those blinds and you, yeah, you turn yeah, you them and they, them up, yeah. they get some light in there. You know, it's like, she goes, well, light hurts my eyes. Jesus. I go, Jesus, what happened to you? I don't want luft. Mom, you need some luft. No, I don't. I don't want luft. Can you sneak in the luft? (laughs) She lives like a, like a vampire. Well, if she's, uh, you know, I, I hope they have her on vitamin D. I don't know. I think so. I think they got that. Whatever they get, she's supposed to be on. You have to, because that can cause depression too. Never being out in the sun. Never. Well, I go over vitamin D. She definitely turned into an old lady because I go over. Sometimes she'll sit on the couch and like, like she's all, um, like her whole body's ca- like, like on top, like it's all bent in. It's, you know what I mean? It's like crumpling. Yeah, crumpling. She's crumpling <laughs> down. Uh, I want to iron her out. You know. Who is it that but, told me they're shrinking the other day? Like, I wish I would shrinking. shrink. She's not as tall as she used yeah. to be. I, I couldn't mind giving up three inches. I like to be six two. I'm six five. Really? It's way too tall. <laughs> yeah, like I always feel like I'm like I like I'm on another planet. I'd like to be six two. I remember being six two. I started college. I was that six, was two a and, good height. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I'm like, who grows in college? I thought that was it. I thought I'm hey, I'm I'm pretty normal. I'm six two. No, I think those growth things that you have don't close until around twenty five. Fuck. Yours got a couple extra inches. Yeah, <laughs> not my penis, happened. though. God made sure that I grew three more inches when I was six foot two, but not one inch on my penis. Like that uh, just stayed remarkably similar all throughout the ages. I didn't see any growth down there. Yeah, no rings on your penis. Where you I used to, grow. I used to say to my buddy Lou when I was growing up, I said, "Man, my, my dick's taking a long time to get some hair on it and grow." And he goes, "Oh, don't worry, it's it's gonna happen." And then never happened. I mean, and I got it's the odd hair because you have a lot of testosterone. You, have, yeah. you know, you register yeah. high. I was tested in that department. Yeah, I don't know. What are you allergic make any to? Sense. I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, uh, my height growth ended when I was like 22, but my penis growth window closed when I was like nine. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> I often compare my penis to uh, serious stock. No growth. No growth. <laughs> Where's my growth? I need growth. Uh, hey, Joe, what up? Joe in New Jersey. Hey, Howard, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Y'all speaker. Hey, Howard. What's up, Fred? Oh, come on. What's on? Get your mind, Joe. Howard, I have a Playboy from 1978 with Dolly Parton on the cover. Oh, I vaguely remember that, but she wasn't naked in Playboy. They did an interview with her and she was sexy, but she didn't. I don't think she was naked, right? No, no, no. she's not. It's just an interview. 
she had a big career. She was. You only get naked if you don't have a big career. You know. Well, you're trying to have a big career. Right. Yeah. Nudity is preserved for people on the way up or on the way down. Not for not for superstars, if I remember correctly. Mad Ukrainian. Oh, I remember you. Hey, Mad Russian. I thought you are. Well, he changed his name last time we talked. Yeah. Right now he's the Mad Ukrainian. What can I do for you, Mad Ukrainian? The last time I was on your show, I was all gone home about going to Ukraine to be a war correspondent. Right. And then I, then I got lung cancer. Oh. oh. I'm curious, were you a smoker? Yes, I was a smoker. Mm. Don't you feel so stupid for smoking now? I tell you, I used to smoke, um, but I was real young when I quit. But, geez, I, I, I want to kick myself in, my, in the head forever putting a cigarette in my mouth. You know what I mean? It sure felt good. I loved smoking, but Me too. I, I'm stupid for doing it. Yeah. So yeah. how is the lung cancer deal going? Well, they removed my left lung. Oh. The surgeon swears up and down that he got 100% of the cancer. Mm -hmm. I got one more chemo treatment tomorrow, and I'm acing chemo with no nausea, no side effects, because I'm doubling up on Marinol, which is the weed anti-nausea drug. Mm. It's basically THC. Right. And I'm doing a lot of it, so I have appetite. I gain all my weight back that I lost due to stress and depression and stuff. And well, I'll, I'll tell you what, mad Ukrainian, lung cancer is actually safer than you being a war correspondent in Ukraine. Right. You got a better chance of surviving yeah. this. That Ukraine boy, those are some brave people. Man, oh man, you got to fucking hand it to them. They're standing up to the Soviet, oh, Russia. I they, talk to they, people in Ukraine all the time and they thank you for talking about it all the time. Well, Finally, Kiev got three weeks of rest from being bombed every night mm. by those fuckers. Those fuckers, you know, that's that Putin. What's going on in our world that people want autocrats? They don't want democracy. What is going on? And the Ukrainians are standing up to that fucking piece of garbage. God Russians bless those people. Russians have a slave mentality. They love to be ruled by assholes like Putin or the Tsar or Stalin. They don't give well, a fuck. They love to be ruled. Ukrainians yeah, some people are want the opposite. That. The Ukrainians, Ukrainians want freedom. Are like, hey, you don't do what we like you to do. You're a president. We fire your ass. Well, listen, you're not wrong. They, the, the Russians all brought in uh, Putin. They voted for him. And this is what I mean. This country might be next. Bunch of fucking morons. I even see some of these uh, congressmen, they don't want to give money to Ukraine. I'm like, are you fucking high? These Trump people scare me more than my cancer does. Really. I hear you. All right, dude. All right. Hey, listen, good luck with the cancer. You're a good man. All right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I remember him from years ago, this guy, Mad oh, Russian. Yeah, he used to, to call, call himself. all the time. This sweet guy, cab driver. Yeah. Yeah. Mad Russian.
breaking his heart. He, you know, he wants to go back to his people. Hey, so many fans wrote us. Let me end the show with this. And then tomorrow, uh, Sammy's going to do a couple of tunes, yeah. and uh, it's going to be great. And uh, Dolly Parton on Wednesday. But let me read you this stuff, because fans are writing, and I don't want to ignore it. Uh, a lot of people wrote in about Sal and Richard's uh, penis xylophone routine. I liked it. I got to <laughs> admit. stupid. Oh, come on, Robin. <laughs> what do you mean, stupid? They were playing baby songs. <laughs> You didn't like the musical choices, but you got to hand it to those boys. Uh, Howard, hilarious bit. This was the first time I wish I was in the studio for a Sal and Richard penis stunt. And Howard, you have a real talent for guessing penis xylophone songs. Farah Jaka was impressive. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Howard, I love this bit. Uh, hey, the band Tuchus is missing Dick Xylophone. Sal should be in your band. Maybe. It was funny because Sal, I think, had a bolt in his uh, foreskin. Yeah. And Richard had a mallet, sort of like he was holding <laughs> against his dick. So it was crazy. Look at you. You can't forget that. You <laughs> no, love it. No, but the songs I object to. <laughs> um, <Jaka. laughs> someone needs to make a video of A.I. Howard doing Fly to the Bumblebee on xylophone with his cock. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, okay, a lot of people wrote in about this bit we did last week. Hey, let me refresh your memory. Blit um, made a whole elaborate prank uh, on, on Ronnie. They were really impressed that Blit attempted to convince Ronnie that Mike Perlman was in a plane crash and suffered from amnesia. Yeah. People like this. They did? Howard, oh yeah. In what world would Ronnie believe anything about that Perlman prank? The whole premise is ridiculous. If Blit is involved, the bullshit detector should immediately go off. I got to admit, I'm a little surprised Ronnie fell for it. Howard, what doctor would want to speak to Ronnie about a friend's, a friend's head injury? Blit's whole premise was fucked from the start. Howard, why does JD act as if he has to do everything Blit says? Doesn't he I have his own brain? Hypnotized. I think <laughs> there's a cult of blitz, and they're hypnotized. Uh, JD always acts like he wants no part of any pranks, but he does exactly what John Blit John Blit tells him to do. I think J in JD's defense, I think he feels Blit's putting a lot of energy into this. He doesn't want to ruin it. Oh, you're Whatever. giving him too much credit. <laughs> No, no, no. Well, with this, certainly, I was sitting there. I told Blit, do not get me involved with this. And then this, this is after a meeting where he's telling the whole group about this and everyone's like, yeah, sure, you know, try it out and do whatever. And then, you know, he sends my name. And then, of course, you know, uh, like, do I want to be the one to ruin everything for everyone? So that's, you were that is the dialogue going on in my head. I get it. I get it. And you know, as soon as you say to Blit, especially you, you say, I don't want to be involved. He involves you. That's it. You're in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I can't and, win. and there's nothing I can do. I don't know. He runs into my office. I'm trying to do something. He's running into my office. Okay. JD, I need you to, if Ronnie calls you, I need you to say this. And I'm like, come on, man. Well, I know Ronnie is pissed. Oh, here at we Blit. go. What? Because you love it you, every second of it. You love it every second. Every, it gives him life. <laughs> it breathes energy into his life. 100% he loves it. He uh, glows. Uh, okay. Blit, sure. uh, I understand Ronnie is mad at you like you interviewed him this morning and he only gave you one word answers. 
Yeah, it's okay. You know, it takes time to kind of, you know, get reacquainted with them. We're getting on the phone after getting on the Zoom after the show. I, I have some crazy things to tell you, um, but we'll discuss after. What crazy okay. things? I'll tell you after. It's it's something that happened to me over the Ronnie, weekend. don't even, oh, don't here even we start, go. Ronnie. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Howard, I absolutely love Ronnie and Blit together. The way Blit gets Ronnie going is fantastic. JD, your trust hymen has been broken. You went to the dark side. Um, Howard, if anyone wonders, Howard, if anyone wonders whether the fake plane crash bit was worth the time and effort that went into it, I say yes, it was. I have two words for you. What's Zoom? Yeah, when uh, <laughs> when Mike goes to Ronnie, Ronnie goes, "Hey, we work from Zoom." And Mike goes, "What's Zoom? I have amnesia. I don't even know what that is." <laughs> yeah. um, oh, okay. Anyway, since people like this, I'll give you a bonus clip. Ronnie was really concerned for Mike's well-being. Here's a bonus clip of him speaking with Doctor Loomis about Mike suffering brain damage. Here's Ronnie. Uh, so yeah, he he went for it, hook, line, and sinker. Dude, that's fucking. This is this is fucking sad, man. Huh? He doesn't have brain damage. If you can't if you can't remember something, that's kind of like brain damage. It's it's not physical brain damage. Yeah, you know, that's, right. Uh, yeah, it, but you're you're not wrong. But he doesn't. He's not full on brain damaged. You know. No, dude. But you don't know how much is his memory he'll ever get back. That's the whole thing. That's so scary. Well, I mean, just just fucking see a guy like that. You know, all his years, man. Yeah, he'll remember though. Well, anytime you want me to talk, anytime you want me to talk to him, I'll talk to him. You guys are doing, you're doing most of the work. He's, he's lucky on so many levels. I mean, I saw a picture. I mean, just the fact of crashing in the woods and trees and stuff. He's amazing. He's alive. <laughs> Go for it. So uh, Howard, when, when Ronnie was like, I'll talk to him anytime. I was like, you want to talk to him right now again? And Ronnie was like, no, no, give him some rest. I would have loved to have kept it going on and on for like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, but your day will come someday. I listen. Isn't that the when, when you that's when you told Ronnie when you told Ronnie he was speaking to Doctor Loomis? Did he realize that's the doctor from the Halloween movies? No, I, no, oh. no. But dude, there is a Doctor Loomis in in Cornell. There is. Look uh, it up. Oh, there is. Okay. Uh, but, uh, didn't Donald Pleasance play Doctor Loomis during the Halloween movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not a Halloween movie person, so All right, I, didn't know, I didn't know that. <laughs> I hope Blit, is this your lunatic. is this your greatest prank? It, I, it's great. It's one of one of my best, and the best thing about it, it's really inspiring me to do to do better. So to do to more, do more. yes, to do yeah. more and go yeah. Well, you're never going to deeper. You're never doing it with me because I don't believe anything you say anymore. Ever. Well, I'll get you again. No, you won't, dude. R Ronnie, just don't even, just don't start. This is what's going to drive me even more. <laughs> yeah, and I'll call you and get a lie. I, 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 yeah, he'll fucking be right next to me with a recorder. Ronnie, have you spoken to JD off the air since you JD went in with uh, Blit and goofed on you? Well, no, no we got. I got a text from him that day. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what did you write back? <laughs> I forgot what I, I, I just wrote it was back. like all good or like I'm under. Yeah, well, what am I going to say? What the fuck am I going to say? I this thought you would have said, go it's, fuck it's yourself. Like, I think he's, I think you're still dude. on a high from the wedding. I mean, you're, uh, you're feeling he's good about it. He's controlled. 
He's controlled by this guy. It's insane. He's totally controlled by this. He said, you're under blitz spell. Sorry for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you realize that he's not reliable either. If he calls to No, no, I'm not calling him again to ask him. That's for sure. You're right. In regards to anything with blitz, that is is totally correct. Yes. (laughs) By the way, under JD's uh, spell. Many fans wrote in, they thought Mike Perlman's acting with Ronnie was really convincing during the prank. And uh, just uh, here's another bonus clip of uh, Mike acting with Ronnie, if you want to hear that. (laughs) You know, you always bounce back. All the times of stories you're telling about getting shot and all that kind of stuff on the air. What are you talking about I got shot? On the air. Oh, a long time ago. You st- you told the story on uh, on the radio show. On the radio show? Yeah. That's where you work, pal. Did you? Were you the one who shot me? What's that? Were you the one who shot me? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, this is before I knew you. <laughs> you did shoot me. You tried to kill me. Why, do you, why would you try and kill me? Are you going to come to my house and kill me tonight? Please don't Mike, kill you're, me. Uh, Shut up, you're getting Mike, you're a lot of... You're getting a lot of accolades. They say your conversation with Ronnie was somewhat convincing. Uh, it was very he, good. I never knew I was such a good actor, man. I guess you got you got to try it before. Uh, you know, it's incredible acting. Yeah. Incredible acting. I was watching the entire thing on Zoom, and my mind was blown. It was thank you, Mike. Really, thank you for committing. Oh, shut up, you moron! I'll tell you, Blit does have this way of pulling you into these bits because it's like you know, before you know it, you're in it deep. And Mike. you got to play along. You really got no choice but to play along. I'm not passing the buck, but that's no. just how it happens, you know? Mike, uh, at any point when you were... Ronnie spent a lot of time trying to help you through your amnesia after your plane crash. <laughs> at any point, did you feel bad for Ronnie? Oh, having, horrible. You know, wasting his time? You did feel bad. Okay. I well, felt horrible. You... Yeah, I felt horrible. He oh, was, sure. Like I said last week, he was just he was so nice about it. <laughs> after, after the prank was revealed, I told I texted him. And I was like, Ronnie, I love you, man. This is all just a joke. And he goes, I love you too, but only when you were in a fucking plane crash. <laughs> You'll only soften oh, up if that if you get into a plane crash. That's it. Wow. Wow. I was thinking, uh, well, anyway, good job, boys. Uh, uh, I, Mike, I, I just have to ask you, what is going on with the beard? Why? You think it's too, uh, I'm thinking about shaving well, it. It's, yeah. Okay. Mike, I just what are you trying to get? I think, a... you're trying to, I think you're trying to get Ronnie's look. Why don't you just shave it and put some of it on top of your head? Yeah, I'm about to shave it off. I'm going to shave it all off. To be honest. Oh, my goodness. Well, the there's this November beard. thing. No shave November to raise money for something. I thought maybe you were doing that. Oh, I guess I'll do that, too. <laughs> you'll you shave it and you'll do that. All right. Well, anyway, uh, let's let's go on. Thank you, boys. Um, Thank you. There was also Thanks, a man. big discussion about fleshlights and real dolls and, you know, jerking off material for guys. Uh, one of the callers brought up the topic of jerking off with a fleshlight, which is a flashlight but has a vagina in it. I know it's fuck it. It's the darkest side of American culture, but uh, we were reminiscing that uh, Mike Johnson <laughs> is that as a flashlight. His fetish yeah. that he wants to Mike, stop. Mike Johnson. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that got us to a discussion about the real doll, which we used to have on the show. And uh, we were talking about how you had to warm up the real doll using a, a, a warm tub. The audience, yeah, yeah, uh, a big heavy thing. Yeah, the audience is split when it comes to sex toys for men. Howard, I always thought it was unfair that it's completely normal for women to have vibrators, but if a guy has a fleshlight, he's a creep. I use one proudly. Don't be so proud of that. It's it's <laughs> it is creepy. 
<laughs> He's proud of it. Yeah, take it from me. I'm a creep. And even that's creepy for me. Uh, Howard Nowicki's story about cleaning out his fleshlight is exactly why I never bought one. That was foul. It deserved to get thrown in the woods. Keep that thing away from my dishwasher. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, oh, man, I remember when you guys had Ronnie fuck the real doll in the bathroom. I think that was Ronnie's gateway drug to sex toys. By the way, this fan has a good memory. Back in 1997, Ronnie, Fred, and I tried having sex with a real doll on the air. Um, if I remember correctly, and I can play a tape of it, Fred and I weren't so successful. But Ronnie's like a caveman. Ronnie was more successful than the rest of us with that fucking real doll. I, I know. Remember, he, he really uh, exploded. Yeah. I remember it was one guy had the mouth. I think I took the, I took the vagina. I fucked it in the ass, dude. Yeah. And, and, and Fred and, and had Fred, the mouth. Fred had the blowjob. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, here, Ronnie, I'll play tape. This is uh, Ronnie having sex with the real doll. Ronnie? Yeah. Oh, you all right in there? Yeah, I'm fine. All right. <clears throat> Do I have to leave the mic on while I'm getting ready here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll just check in with you from time to time. Oh, uh, okay. All right. The arm is actually moving. She just fell off the sink. Hold on. Well, lift her up and put her back on there. I didn't do anything yet. Uh, What's the problem? You can't even uh, get it started? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm working on it. All right. Got to concentrate. All right. You got the lights on below? Yeah. You take a look at her and touch her a little bit. Yeah, all right, man. Rub her back. Oh, okay. What's you're wrong with you're you guys? bothering you got to concentrate. Ronnie? Yeah, it's working. Are you in the middle of it? Yeah. Okay. Well, we feels good, right? Later, man. Do you like it? Yeah. Ronnie? Yo. What's up? Finishing up, man. Oh, man. Yeah. How do you... <laughs> oh, no, Jesus. I am not dealing with that thing anymore. I'm Did not... you wear your rubber? Yeah, man. <laughs> rubber. Ay, ay, ay. Wow. You came. You were the only... Like, I, I tried it. Fred, you know what it is when you're on I the air. It's kind of you did, yeah. Here's Fred. I, this is I Fred fucking doing it. hated it. It was the one of the worst experiences ever. I mean, you know. Yeah, but you're a weirdo. Like, you took matters into your own hands, if you remember. Yeah, I guess you know what. Can oh, I he say? are you having no? Yeah, yeah. listen to this tape. Yeah. Are you having no Fred. love? I started, it, you know, it's like one of those things where you, you just keep doing and keep doing, and, and I was not being satisfied, so... You're wearing a rubber, that's why. No, I, I, I took it off. Well, you did. I took it off. I had to uh, basically take matters in my own hands. It was quite frustrating. <laughs> so did you... Oh, so you, it doesn't feel as great to in, you. No. So have you, have you uh, achieved... Maybe uh, I, I did, but not with her. <laughs> No. <laughs> did you at least look at her when you did it? No. I did. I had. I'm telling you, man. I was like, I was trying to use the whole thing. I'm going like, it was like, honey, come on. You put oh, nothing. Fred. Nothing. Well, that's no good. Nothing this was, was not working. The purpose. Yeah, Fred. I didn't send you in there to play with yourself. Tell me about it. Oh man. Think? It's like you start. You start. You know, going for it, and it's like, oh, it was, it was terrible. Oh, it was totally man. unfulfilling. Unbelievable, Fred. Like, wasn't a license wow. to go jerk off in the bathroom. Did, did I mean, she have a name, by the way? Did we ever give a name no. to her? It wasn't like Dolly so. or anything? Maybe. <laughs> Howard. Howard, no. I, I got to tell you a crazy story about what happened later that day that I'm not even oh, sure. Oh, I you know what happened. It is crazy. <laughs> so, this couple from the Midwest won a tour of the K Rock Studios. Uh huh. So, they walked in on the intern cleaning out the real doll. Like, uh, oh, and no. like, like, yeah, he was like mid scrub, you know, Howard, like, like he had, yeah. he had on giant rubber gloves, right? I'll never forget. This. I have a photo of this somewhere. I have to find it. 
because they took a picture and they sent it to me. Giant rubber gloves, and then there was a big bucket and one of those bottle brushes, and he had one of the legs over his shoulder. And he was, like, cleaning like that, and they just started cracking up. Oh, that's fucking disgusting. (laughs) Anyway, there you go. So, Ronnie, you were able to do it. It was good for you. Yeah, I threw it it over the sink. (laughs) Oh, you did her butt. Yeah. Yeah. I just funny. remember it being very um, irritating or something. I don't know. Even no, in we put put lo- he yeah. put lube in it. I put lube in it, dude. Yeah, that was so did I. I just remember yeah. it just wasn't yeah. it wasn't doing it for me. I don't know, man. There's something really depressing about fucking a piece of rubber. You know <laughs> give me I mean? a hole and I'll fix it. Don't worry. Right, well, you're a real man. Like, Ronnie completed yeah, give me a the hole, mission. I'll fuck That's it. what. Yeah, he completed the mission. Uh, also on the show, I talked about seeing Jennifer Lawrence naked in her new movie on uh, Netflix, No Hard Feelings. And uh, um, let's see, people wrote in about this. What I seriously said? can't. It says I seriously can't believe that a major actress such as Jennifer Lawrence would do a fully nude scene. I'm still in shock. Totally worth the outrageous Netflix subscription. Uh, then this person wrote in, they agree with my stance about watching deep fake AI porn. You know, like, uh, we saw, uh, Kamala Harris porn and I said, that's disturbing. I don't, I, don't, I think we should take a stand against that because soon they're going to be putting all kinds of people and your kids and everything else in these porns. And yeah, you know, all it's the just... women Supreme Court justices will be, yeah. doing it. you know, they had yeah. Nancy Pelosi porn. It was terrible. Howard, I appreciate and agree with your stance regarding not watching deep fake porn. It's a violation. Also, send me that Nancy Pelosi link if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> she actually looked good. Uh, being naked in a movie is the new getting super skinny or fat for a role. No way Jennifer Lawrence and No Hard Feelings isn't at the top of Mr. Skin's best nude scenes of the year. Yeah, it was pretty outrageous. It was pretty great. And it's pretty clear that it's not a body oh, it's double? Yeah, it's very clear. Okay. I, I believe. And was it a Merkin or was it not? Mr. Skin says it's American. I can't tell you that. I don't know. If he says it, I believe it. Uh, earlier this year, we interviewed Mr. Skin himself about the state of nudity in modern film and TV. He thinks, he has a theory that Gen Z, whatever that is, Gen Z kids don't care about nudity like past generations did. Listen to this. He's got a whole theory on this. I think the Gen Z crowd, the sexless generation is really a little against nudity when you go online and go on twitter you see a lot of gen zers when they see a sex scene in a television show they'll use words like "ooh, it was gratuitous or awkward or creepy and i really believe that more and more young people dislike nudity and they're not as excited about that as my generation was growing up well our general at least my generation growing up never got to see nudity you know, you didn't see it anywhere. And if you did, it was fleeting. So these kids today are inundated with nudity. So maybe they just don't care that much about it. But that's bad news for Mr. Skin. He he relies on subscribers right. who care about but, nudity. Uh, like. I now realize I'm Gen Z. <laughs> By the way, Mr. Skin doesn't want us to be deterred. There's still plenty of nudity. Is he, his message is, folks, there's plenty of nudity out there. New nudity. Here you go. I don't want to get they people depressed. They haven't forgotten. I don't want to get people depressed. Uh, there's still fantastic uh, nudity. And Lady Chatterley's Lover uh, came out. It has full frontal nudity from the Crown's Emma Corrin. That's fantastic. That movie Blonde about Marilyn Monroe with Anna de Armas came out in 2022. 
even uh, all the queen's men is a show where tons of sex female sex and for the women and gay men full male nudity all the time so there's still great nudity there's still more than there ever was in the 80s 90s or you know first decade of the 2000s it's just that there's less today than there was five years ago Hmm. and then people wrote in about adult diapers we were talking about richard i'm so abused and disgusted listening to richard talk about wearing diapers at concerts and music festivals some of you wrote me to warn me that this behavior is becoming more and more common. Uh, Howard, some Taylor Swift fans wore adult diapers in their concert outfits so they wouldn't have to miss a single song. Those were girls. Um, here's a, uh, Howard, I saw an article in the New York Post that some people are even wearing diapers in the insanely long lines at Disneyland and Disney World. Anytime there's a leaking incident, Disney employees call a human code H. A regular code H means horse poop, so... They actually have codes for it. I was reading the New York Times this weekend, and they had a whole article about the disgusting behavior that people are displaying in these long lines to the rides because they don't want to lose their place, so they're staying there and pooping in line. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're kidding me. No, I'm not. This type of behavior is so unheard of to anyone who works outside of my show. News outlets struggle to even report on it. Here is a, a montage of news outlets trying to report on this phenomenon. Disney insiders detailing some disgusting examples of when you gotta go, you gotta go. Hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Especially dirty details describing Disney World guests allegedly going number two while waiting in long lines at the park. Let's start in Florida, where the happiest place on earth is now being deemed the crappiest place on earth. Most of the time, it involves parents letting their kids go number two while waiting. There's even a name among park workers, Human Code H. No words, Chris. No. Well, you know. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm, no, it's not. I'm with you. No words. No words. No. Anchor people act like no one goes to the bathroom. No words. Yeah, but that didn't happen at Disney back in the day. Why oh, all no. of a sudden... Are people just letting fly? People back in the day used to get dressed up when they went to Disney. It was like a big thing. It was like, you know, put on a nice outfit and go, you know, right. like airplanes you were too. They, your Sunday best. Yeah. Airplanes. People used to get dressed up to go on the airplane. Not anymore. Um, back page. Oh, uh, okay. So I got into this thing where I was talking about whether there's alien life in the universe. And I explained to you that there is no uh, aliens visiting us. There's no life anywhere. It's just here. It's a fucking weird thing. I know you don't want to face it, but that's it. We're alone. And you die and then you die. People don't want to hear it. They want to they want a Bubba mindset. They want something that they can believe in. One guy called me up. He said he saw a flying contact lens. He was on a plane and he's convinced is uh, now the aliens are visiting him. No one else. Just him in a flying contact lens. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was being a really good sport, uh, and he answered some whack pack questions. And one of them was, "Is there alien life?" And the, Neil deGrasse Tyson said that uh, I was absolutely wrong. Yeah, you know that that there is life somewhere else. I, I said, "Good, can't wait to see." Statistically, he's saying you're wrong. I mean, just well, with the vastness of the universe, this couldn't have happened just once. Well, I would love to see it.
I'm waiting. <laughs> Howard Neil deGrasse Tyson is absolutely correct. Life in our galaxy and throughout the universe is simply a mathematical certainty. To say otherwise is like saying the earth is flat. I laugh when you talk about extraterrestrial life. And laughing is the main reason I listen. So stand your ground. It's funny as hell. Well, whether it's <laughs> funny or not, I'm telling you. I think the flying contact lens people have some advanced technology. Why all the aliens have to hide from me and you and everyone else is beyond me. They always end up going to some farmer in Kansas uh, for five seconds. And they think they saw him, but they forgot to take out their phone. You can't go anywhere without people with a phone. But for some yeah. reason, when the aliens come, there's no good phone around to take a picture. People are capturing everything now except the aliens. That's it. You <laughs> cannot catch these aliens. <laughs> Howard, it'd be great if you had Neil deGrasse Tyson on your show to debate the alien issue. There's nothing to debate. Let him bring an alien in. I think listeners would love hearing you try to win an argument with a man who is highly educated on the subject. Uh, Howard, I also have a hard time believing there is life outside of Earth. But no one knows what the hell is out there beyond what our telescopes can see. To claim that an undeniable genius in Neil deGrasse Tyson who provides a mathematical response is wrong really is ignorant. Well, hey... I'm ignorant. I'm well, proud on of the it. other side of it, Stephen Hawking didn't think there were alien. There was alien life in the rest of the. No, uh, he's right. And, and no offense to Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I think is a he's a brilliant guy, but Stephen Hawking was way more brilliant than uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Well, I mean, I think Stephen Hawking on his SAT got a perfect score. Okay. <laughs> well, Neil deGrasse Tyson might have done that. I mean, that's I not don't know. that unusual. I think there were two things on the English party he missed, so he didn't get that. And one math question. Uh, Howard Neil deGrasse Tyson is probably the most famous scientist on the planet. He's a Harvard-educated astrophysicist and author. He's lectured at Princeton and has served as the director of the Hayden Planetarium in New York City. He knows what he's talking about. Well, hey, whatever. I'm just telling you, I'm more in the Stephen Hawking uh, thing, uh, that this is such a cosmic accident. That, uh, you know, to have a sun, a star that is so close to Earth, but not too close to Earth. And the moon is right over there. And it it's almost impossible to recreate. And it's a random thing. It's random. And so it could occur again. Could have, but it didn't. Sadly, it's cold <laughs> and we're alone in the universe. <laughs> By the way, I should mention that Neil deGrasse Tyson is such a nice guy. Ask Napkin wasn't the only questions uh, that he answered from the WAC pack. Uh, he, he talked with Bigfoot. Really? Our bearded, our bearded friend from Vermont. Bigfoot had a good question. He wanted to know about death. Here you go. Here's Bigfoot asking Neil deGrasse Tyson a question. Hi, this is Bigfoot. Hey, Mr. Scientist Man. What happens to we, we, after we die? Bigfoot, good question. Good question. So for me, I spend my life dining upon the flora and fauna of the world. So when I die, I want to be buried so that my body can be consumed by flora and fauna, just as I had consumed them, thereby returning the energy content of my body back into the ecosystem. Now, if you want instead to be cremated, something different happens to the energy content of your body. When you're cremated, these large molecules of your body break apart and release energy, heating the air in the chimney of the smokestack of the crematorium. That air gets heated 
and radiates infrared light into space forever at the speed of light. So in that way, all the energy that you once were is handed out to the greater universe rather than kept here on Earth. And by the way, knowing I'm going to die is what gives urgency and meaning to everything I do. Great answer. What he's saying to you is when you die, this is the reality what happens to you. He didn't know. You're not going... He, 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 doesn't he didn't know. tell any story about no. being uh, going to heaven or reincarnation no. or any of that crap. He told you the scientific answer to what happens to the energy that's contained in your body. Now, we were curious, what the hell did Bigfoot retain after the answer was over? We asked him, <laughs> here's, here's what Bigfoot said. Explain to me, what did the scientist say happens when you die? I can't think about this right now. I don't give a shit what happens to my body. I'm dead, I'm dead. Scientists could go to hell as far as I care. He said something about space is and stuff like that, and I don't understand what he's trying to get to. Your body dies. We get buried in a casket or we get put in the urn. He explains it when they burn you in a fire, all the energy goes up into space. And ever and ever and ever, yes. Ah, you got that part. Or something. Oh, and Tan Mom asked Neil deGrasse Tyson a question. I. I don't think I think Neil deGrasse Tyson left uh, left the country after he got uh, these questions, <laughs> but he was very sweet about it. Tan Mom, uh, the tannest woman in America, Tan Mom, asked Neil the question as old as life itself. Hi, Mr. Scientist. This is Tan Mom. My question for you is what is the meaning of life? Tan Mom, thanks, thanks for asking. That's a good question. And it's, it's the eternal question. But so often people say, I'm looking for meaning, implying that meaning is something out there waiting to be found by you. Is it under a rock, behind a tree, in a monastery? You go looking for it. And I'm not satisfied with that as a solution to the question. I think we have the power to create meaning in our life. Meaning, for me, is I, I want to know a little more tomorrow about the world than I know today. That brings meaning to my life. And I also, with whatever even occasionally trifling investment of my time and energy and resources, lessen the suffering of others so that the world is better off for you having lived in it. I beseech you to treasure up in your hearts these, my parting words. Be ashamed to die until you have won some victory for humanity. There is the source of meaning in my life, Walking, at least. I got to hand it to him. That's a good answer. Because, what again, it's based in fact. There is no meaning well, for life the, unless the you give is, it one. There is no meaning. Right. That's there right. No That's meaning. it. That's what he's saying. So we checked in with Tamam, see what she got out of that, okay. what he said. So, Patricia, explain to me, what did he just say? He was saying the power of life is not under a rock or a tree or where you have to find it through something external is that you're looking for the answer and the power of life to him, to him would be what you can find in yourself instead of looking all over the place um, for answers. It, it, the power is within you. 
Well, that's profound. So in your own words, what did the scientists really say is the meaning of life? I'm sorry, I'm so distracted with, I'm in a salon right now. No, is that so? She can't think because she's in a salon. <laughs> hey, I get that. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so there it is. There's your roundup. That was great. Thank you, Neil deGrasse Tyson, for putting yeah, up thank you, sir. backpackers. Tomorrow, Sammy will be here, which I can't wait. Wednesday, Dolly Parton can't wait for that either. So we're excited. And we want to remind you about... 